had a lot of food strip club <laughs> I, stories. I don't. It's, I it's just, your own. I did have the stripper omelet story. Yeah, the, the woman who I begged to please leave me alone. And she wouldn't. And I said, if I buy you a drink, will you leave? And she said, yes. And then the waitress goes by. She's like, what do you want? And I was like, I'll have a vodka soda. What do you have? And she goes, I'll have a Western omelet. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Where are those eggs coming from? <laughs> <laughs> so she ate a stripper omelet next to me. <laughs> and I like smell it wafted it's up. It's just the it was, weirdest combo to me. Like strip and it was the club night, it, and food. It was the night of the tuck rule game. <laughs> Wait, in the club? Or no, 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 unrelated. Oh. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Oh, sorry, I don't have it in. That's all right. Windy, sunny today, 40 degrees for the high. It's 23 at DVE. Special counsel Robert Mueller is demanding all campaign documents involving President Trump and his closest advisors. NBC News reports the grand jury working with Mueller wants emails, text messages, work papers, telephone logs, and other documents going back to the fall of 2015. The subpoena for the documents focuses on what Trump knew and when. Until now, the investigation has focused only on Trump's campaign aides. The subpoena is aimed at documents having anything to do with Trump and nine high-ranking associates. They include former campaign chief Steve Bannon, Paul Manafort, and Corey Lewandowski, as well as just resigned White House Communications Director Hope Hicks and Trump's longtime personal attorney Michael Cohen. As I mentioned in traffic, several roads closed by that landslide in the West End are back open to traffic. Road crews spent nearly a week cleaning up debris on Route 60 near northbound Routes 19 and 51 and at the intersection of South Main Street and Routes 19 and 51 onto Carson Street in the West End. Crews still are working to clear landslides that have closed parts of Greenleaf Street in the West End, Forward Avenue, Commercial Street, and Swiss Helm Park. Supporting women in the restaurant industry, uh, March is Women's History Month. In honor of that, food ordering and delivery service Grubhub has partnered with Women Chefs and Restaurant Tours to launch Restaurant Her, an initiative to support women-led restaurants. For the month of March, Grubhub will contribute $1 up to a $1 million for every person who pledges at RestaurantHer.com to dine in or order delivery from women-led restaurants. As part of the initiative, Grubhub is also unveiling a map that features restaurants owned or co-owned by a woman or a kitchen run by a woman head or executive chef. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. According I to like a, it a lot. According to a new survey, here's a rundown of the jobs that are most likely to lead to divorce before the age of 30, which a lot of them not a surprise probably, but first-line enlisted military supervisors non-farm animal caretakers, probation officers and correctional officers, advertising sales agents, casino employees, museum employees, file clerks, social workers, bank tellers, and security guards. Black Panther continues to be the... That's a strange list with a strange collection uh, of jobs. But, But the benchmark, though, of 30 years, like... No, age 30. Not 30 years of marriage. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, age 30. Even that. Well, so, I mean, how many people even get married before the age of 30? A lot of it might have to do with being not yet 30. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can't handle marriage and working at the museum. You're like, one of these <laughs> things has got to stop. 
Black Panther continues to be the top film in the United States and Canada. The Disney Marvel superhero picture is on track to sell nearly $66 million worth of tickets this weekend. The movie has earned just over half a billion in North America since its release. Worldwide sales figures, uh, it's about $898 million. Coming in second, the new 20th century Fox spy thriller Red Sparrow, which looks awful and probably is because it only made $17 million this weekend. Yikes. Uh, Rounding out the top five, Death Wish, Game Night, and Peter Rabbit. Yeah, I finally saw uh, Black Panther this weekend. Took Gosh. the took the wife and kids, and uh, I, I loved it. It's so good, Wakanda Forever for sure. It's 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 a tremendous movie. Yeah, I really did. I, I thought it was like um, as entertaining of a superhero flick as there's been. I don't. I didn't see Wonder Woman yet. But Wonder me, Woman was really good. But I, I think this was just I don't know. This was unique. I totally agree. I don't know why. And the theater that I watched it, I went to the Manor and Shady Side, and the whole place erupted in applause afterwards. And I, and I always love when they do that. This is I don't know who we're clapping at. <laughs> right. Well, this is the funny thing is that you know it's been sold out everywhere. You know, anywhere you try to get a ticket to this thing, like I I I went to there's a, a luxury theater over by Century Three where it was like the cheap theater, but they turned it into a luxury theater. There's Lowe's where I used to go see it in the waterfront. There's um, the one in Robinson that it's like a luxury theater. So like you can reserve seats. And I was trying to go on Fandango. It's like all they're all sold out. So I call this one, this, this theater in Bridgeville and I'm like, Hey, uh, I, I just, I want to bring my family to see black Panther tonight, but I want to make sure that we can sit, you know, four in a row um, I just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get there and have it be so crowded that it's just, you know, overrun and we're all separated from each other. And she's like, okay, which show did you want to see? And I said, um, I think the seven o'clock one. And she said, okay, let me log in here. We have sold no tickets to the seven o'clock one. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess Bridgeville just ain't coming out to see Black Panther. <laughs> Good news for us. We had the theater all to ourselves. Seriously, like there was, nope. There was straight up like thirty people there. Oh, that's <laughs> it was it was kind of hilarious. Secret, yeah, that's nice. Manesson High School graduate Frances McDormand is now a two-time Academy Award winner. She grabbed the Oscar for Best Actress for her role in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, on Sunday evening, and she uh, well, she didn't call out. She I guess she honored the women in the audience. If I may be so honored to have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight. The actors, Meryl, if you do it, everybody else will, come on. The filmmakers, the producers, the directors, the writers, the cinematographer, the, the composers, the songwriters, the, 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 the designers. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Okay, look around, everybody. Look around, ladies and gentlemen, because we all have stories to tell and projects we need finance. Don't talk to us about it at the parties tonight. Invite us into your office in a couple days, or you can come to ours, whichever suits you best, and we'll tell you all about them. I have two words to leave with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Inclusion rider. Wait, what's that? That is something that they put in their contract. If you're a big shot, like 
you know, AKA a, a male big movie star like or female Francis McDormand. Yeah, you can put an inclusion rider in your contract that requires the film production to have an equal amount of women and men working both in front of and behind the camera. Wow. Yeah, she said she'd been in the biz 35 years and just found that out. Yeah, so that's, that's a thing. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about that after the, the awards. I'd never heard of it until after, you know, until she said that. But I'm actually surprised more people haven't invoked it in the past. But Maybe now it'll be the thing. It. It'll yeah. be the thing. That, that, that might have been uh, a big moment for change. At the uh, Oscars last night, Gary Oldman won Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role for The Darkest Hour. My deepest thanks to the Academy and its members for this, um, oh, this, this g- glorious prize. I owe this and so much more to so many. Jordan Peele won for Best Original Screenplay for his movie Get Out. Thank you. You guys are going to... You guys are going to mess up my jet ski. Hold up. Um, this uh, means so much to me. I, I, I stopped writing this movie about 20 times because I thought it was impossible. I thought it wasn't going to work. I thought no one would ever make this movie. But I kept coming back to it because I knew if someone let me make this movie, that people would hear it and people would see it. So I want to dedicate this to all the people who raised my voice and let me make this movie. Uh, also, I think, and I think it was the first award of the night, or maybe the second award, Sam Rockwell, Best Supporting Actor for mm-hmm. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Run that clock, Jimmy. I want to get that ski jet or whatever that was. I'd like to thank the Academy. Never thought I'd say those words. Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Christopher Plummer, Woody Harrelson. You guys rock. You inspire me, and you always have... When I was eight years old, I was called into the principal's office and my father was looking very solemn and he said, we got to go. It's grandma. And we got in the car and I said, "Uh, what's wrong with grandma? And he said, nothing. We're going to the movies. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I didn't miss the first half hour. That was really funny. Allison Janney won for Best Supporting Actress for I, Tonya. Thank you to the Academy. My fellow nominees, you represent everything that is good and right and human about this profession. You are all extraordinary. Kobe Bryant won an Oscar last night <laughs> for Best Animated Short Film for sorry, his say Kobe? Dear Basketball. Thank you, Academy, for this amazing honor. Thank you, John Williams, for such a wonderful piece of music. Thank you, uh, Verizon, for believing in the film. Thank you, Molly Carter. Without you, we wouldn't be here. And to my wife, Vanessa, our daughters, Natalia, Gianna, and Bianca, Ti amo con tutto il mio cuore. You are my inspiration. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Aquafina. Thank you, uh, Coke. (laughs) Coca-Cola. Appreciate all you guys. Guillermo del Toro won the Oscar for Best Director for Shape of Water. I am an immigrant. Like Alfonso and Alejandro, my compadres, like Gael, like Salma, and like many, many of you. And in the last 25 years, I've been living in a country all of our own. Part of it is here, part of it is in Europe, part of it is everywhere. Because I think that the greatest thing our art does and our industry does is to erase the lines in the sand. We should continue doing that when the world tells us to make them deeper. And he also thanked the crowd uh, as they won the Oscar for Best Picture for The Shape of Water. Steven Spielberg said, 
if you are find, if you find yourself there, if you find yourself in the podium, uh, remember that you are part of a legacy, that you're part of a of a world of filmmakers, and be proud of it. I'm very very proud. I want to dedicate this to every young filmmaker, the youth that is showing us how things are done. Really, they are in every country in the world. We'll talk about the Oscars a little more throughout the rest of the morning, including Jimmy Kimmel's performance, also the musical performances as well. Windy, sunny today, though, 40 for the high. It's 23 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show, and a little bit later on this morning, Big Cat from Barstool Sports will be joining us uh, from Pardon My Take podcast, the nice. most popular podcast in the uh, in history the, uh, of the world, in I the believe. atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Jason Mackey from the Post Gazette, also not. Solely talking pens, but specifically talking about Kevin Stevens. Uh, there's an article in the Post Gazette today that um, Jason wrote about Kevin and his return from drug addiction. And, you know, th- this is a different story than we've heard before with Kevin Stevens. Uh, we certainly have all been aware of his uh, trials and tribulations for the past 20 years. And uh, this time, it, it seems like things are a lot different, and he's being very proactive. It's a great story. So Jason will be on to talk a little bit about that. And we've got an unbelievably cool St. Patty's Day promotion for you. It is a, uh, well, it's a contest, basically. And it gives you an opportunity to have the best damn St. Patty's Day ever. I'll explain what that is <laughs> coming up. The Black Crows get things moving for us here this morning on the DVE Morning Show. A few months ago on the show, we had Gene Simmons, and he uh, he just <laughs> didn't show up when he was supposed to call. And then they called back, and they're like, we have Mr. Simmons for you now. And when I answered the phone, it was like somebody who had uh, – it was a photographer who had taken pictures for this Kiss book. But we wanted to do an interview with Gene. We didn't want to do an interview with the photographer. So we had Craig Gass on the phone, and he called us back as Gene Simmons. And I have to explain this to you because – Craig Gass sounds so much like Gene Simmons. Everybody thought this was actually really Gene does. Simmons. Yeah, it's a DBE morning show, and Gene Simmons wanted to call back. We have Gene Simmons on the line right now. Gene, are you there? I'm here. I forgot to promote a couple more things. Well, hold on. Now, first of all, first of all you missed your original time, and then you called back. Which was your fault. No, that was it was your fault. I had 7.30 blocked out for you, and you didn't call. Right, but you should have known. If you read anything at kissonline.com, you would know that there's a language that we speak, and it's called rock and roll. <laughs> Okay, and when you say seven forty-five, I say seven thirty. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, okay. All right. Uh, and when you say seven thirty, I say you're lying. <laughs> okay. Now we've got that done, and uh, we, we we've established that this book is available online. And you wanted to clarify something that you were saying when I asked you if you thought there was going to be a purge in rock and roll like there is in Hollywood right now of sexual harassers. Right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, what I didn't tell you is that there are some bombshells. Bombshells. Some of your huge bombshells. Some of your greatest rock heroes. Think of who your favorite, who you think are the greatest Classic rock stars okay. of all time. 
and there are there are pictures, there are videos of bombshell moments, and they're available for a limited time <laughs> at kissonline.com. Listen, I'm only saying this because you know you can laugh if you want, but there's 28 days till Christmas, okay? <laughs> So, do you want to see some videos? Do you want to buy some Christmas toys? Do you want to buy Hanukkah toys? You have Hanukkah, do you have Hanukkah toys? We have Hanukkah toys. Whatever Mexicans celebrate, we have that at Christmas on kissonline.com, okay? Anything you need. And we only do this for the fans. Because okay. The Kiss Army is the only people that the only army that's of the people, for the people, and by the people. We do it for the fans, and that's why this farewell tour for the fans. <laughs> farewell tour. A farewell tour is for the fans. Okay, it's not about money; it's about the fans. And the farewell tour is brought to you by Budweiser <laughs> and American Airlines. We love to fly, and it shows. <laughs> the kiss right. book the photo book uh it, 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 it i mean how much does this thing cost does it matter if you're a fan uh, well i mean you gotta have enough money it, it, it it's pretty heavy you know my first book that i put out was about prostitution you know that prostitution is the oldest job in the world you've heard that i've phrase, heard the right? oldest profession yes you had a book about well, prostitution oldest profession in the world is prostitution. <laughs> they say there's a lot of money in prostitution. So here's an incredible thing, and this is what I wanted to plug. This Kissmas, let's say you have a sister. You have a mother. Are they a Kiss fan? How would you like to watch them get pounded by Kiss? <laughs> <laughs> and you can have a real boyfriend experience with a Kiss. <laughs> This is and for a limited time. For a limited time, Ace Freely is twenty bucks. <laughs> oh, Gene, thanks so much. Uh, we'll direct people to. Is it Kiss Online? Is that it? Yeah, I only do it because I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of DVE. That's it. And go to KissOnline.com. Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of a strange weekend for the Penguins. At least Saturday. Yeah, they'll take it, I'm sure. Sure. If, OTW. Uh, it is a hockey night in Pittsburgh tonight. The Penguins hosting the Calgary Flames. 7 o'clock on your Penn's flagship. 105.9 The X. And if tonight works out the way Saturday worked out, the Penguins will be celebrating. Everybody circled. Left side is set it up in front. Knocked away. Picked up here. A shot by Everly. Blocked and hit the Penguins. Latang. And on the move, Crosby's got it. Schultz open on the left wing. Crosby comes in. Shoots. Scores! Sidney Crosby! The game winner against Christopher Gibson. The Penguins win it 3 2 in overtime. And ladies and gentlemen, Elvis. Yes, Elvis has just. Left the building. 70-year-old Mike Lang. Sounds pretty good, doesn't he? Happy birthday, Mikey. That was uh, Saturday's 5 o'clock start and fantastic finish. Uh, 3-2 over the Islanders. That improved the Penguins to 12-1 and in their last 13 home games. 
They're 14 and 3 in their last 17 home games. And listen to these numbers under Sullivan. 73, 21, and 7 in the regular season. Oh, man. 92, 28, and 7 all time under Mike Sullivan at home, including the postseason. It uh, always makes it a little bit sweeter when Sydney gets a game winner. It makes you feel like you got your money's worth there as a Penguin fan. And uh, seemingly, no matter what issues they face, they uh, are able to work them out at home. Although, stumbled a little bit at the outset. Yeah, they did. <laughs> that was one of the more. Interesting goals against I've ever seen <laughs> to start the game. I, uh, honestly, when that happened, we just started laughing. Like I was a group of people watching the game. We're just kind of like, is that, is that what we are now? <laughs> is that what we do now? We just fall over. Like, he threw it at the net. It worked around it. Kid got up. He did better. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. That actually did paint him in a corner a little bit. He had, yeah. And then he had to dig hey, out of that. You're going to stop the next 35, right? Because that was... Yeah. You skated before, right? <laughs> Crosby's overtime goal was the 12th of his career. That tied of getting Malkin for the franchise record. And Chris Letang's assist on that goal surpassed Paul Coffey. Letang now number one in Penguins history. Assist by a defenseman at 333. In the wow. Sta- That's a hell of a yeah. stat, Mike. Coffey wasn't here that long, but he piled up a lot of points while he was here. Uh in the Metropolitan Division, it's the Capitals with 81 points, the Flyers with 79, the Pens with 78, and the Devils with 74. Everybody has played 66 games except the Caps, who have played 65. Some uh, pretty cool stuff at the NFL Scouting Combine yesterday in Indianapolis. The defensive linemen and the linebackers were on the field, and uh, the NFL decided to dedicate the linebacker drills to Ryan Shazier. How for- cool was that? You guys probably are aware that Steeler scout Mark Gorsuch is the guy who runs the 40-yard dash at the Combine every, oh, yeah. every year, and he had the 412 Shea Leaf t-shirt on. And a tremendous Pittsburgh accent. And a tre- oh, Mark's a Tremendous. A oh. One of the biggest music fans I know. He called the linebackers together before they started running their 40-yard dashes and said, quote, everything we do, we want to remember Ryan because Ryan blew this Combine up and he was a first-round pick. He's an outstanding football player in our league, and one thing I know about Ryan Shazier, I ain't betting against him coming back. So let's remember his spirit, and we're going to get a lot of things done in this group. Good man, and you guys are all good men too. Someone else might be the next Ryan Shazier here and be an outstanding football player, if not all you guys. That was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, that's a great message for those kids. In Indianapolis yesterday. Uh, The ACC tournament uh, cranks up this week. Pitt plays tomorrow at 2 p.m. against Notre Dame. That'll be the 19th ACC game for Pitt, first in the ACC tournament. Pitt, Bill's got his fingers crossed. Can they can yeah. they still make it through unscathed without oh, yeah. winning an ACC uh-huh. game? I think they can, Mike. No, I, I, no. can they make it through scathed, I guess? I think it's, it's <laughs> destiny, yeah. Uh, Duquesne plays Thursday in the A-10 tournament, as does West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament. The baseball yesterday, the Pirates beat the Twins 9-2. to Three, they're three, five, and two on the spring. They've got the Braves in Orlando today. Chad Cool's going to be your starter. And college hockey last night out on Neville Island. Robert Morris beat Bentley three to two. The Colonials win that opening round, best of three series, two games to one. They advance to play Holy Cross in the AHC quarterfinals this weekend. 
That's your DVE Sports. I'm Mike Persis. Good stuff. Thanks, Mike. Val, what do you got coming up? Well, are man-gagement rings a thing? They are. We'll talk about them coming up. Windy but sunny, 40 for the high today. It's 23 at DVE. We got a great St. Paddy's Day contest for you. I'll tell you all about it coming up. Jason Mackey with a great story uh, about Kevin Stevens today in the Post-Gazette. He'll join us next hour to talk about that big cat from Pardon My Take podcast, Barstool Sports, 815, Foo Fighters, DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. <clears throat> my, my, my voice broke a little bit there. It's because uh, my voice is cracking because I was screaming so much during the Oscars last night. Yeah, me too, but yeah. not for probably the same reason. Val hates the Oscars. How about this? That show went on so long last night that a message popped up on my screen, and I wish I had been smart enough to take a picture and tweet it to the Oscars. It said, your television has been idle for an extended period of time. (laughs) (laughs) I think they just got to get rid of it. Oscar so long. It's they they have to get rid of those technical awards. I'm sorry. It was four hours. Uh, Costume design, like, look, it's a it's a it's a pivotal part of a movie. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. I'm I'm sorry. It's a show. It's a show. Yeah, nobody wants to see a stunt either. Like we're gonna take everyone over to the theater next door. It's like, oh, they do one every year. Yeah. Oh, St. Patty's Day, it'll take your mind off of it. Boy, that's a terrible... What, who, what, what, what is, is this? That? that sounds like a Casio keyboard. Seriously. Uh-oh, is that the first fail for Joe? No, he didn't do it, I did Oh, it. okay. No. Don't you try to sully Joe's I'm reputation. I'm not, I was shocked. Look at her, look at look at her. She's Just looking for, a, for you to mess for up. No, a hole in the armor, Joe. It was shock and awe. Because Joe, yeah, Joe's uh, he's, he's on, on a streak. It. I know he's he's got the Iron Man streak going right now. There it is. You like that one, Val? Yeah, that's better. Kind of sucks too. What? What are you gonna do? Well, you gotta Come go on, for you like get uh, your Blarney you Stones off to something like this. Yeah, there you go. St. Patty's Day is just around the corner. You know, ask any Pittsburgher and they'll tell you we have the biggest St. Patty's Day celebration in the country. It's not true, but that's what they're going to tell you. (laughs) But guess what? We have the biggest St. Patty's Day contest for you in the country. It's the Get Your Shamrocks Off St. Patty's Day contest. Check this out. Submit your own limerick. All right? Come up with a limerick. Any kind. There once was a man from Verona (laughs) who, uh, in the Uber, he left his phone up. I don't know. Submit the limerick of your choosing. He drank too much, and now he can't get a bona? (laughs) Submit your own limerick. You could win this huge St. Paddy's Day prize pack, which includes a chance for you and a guest to ride with Sean Casey of all the Irish people we know. The Sean, mayor. Sean Casey. That's not, oh, that Sean a, Casey. That wasn't an Irish accent. Yes, it was. I don't, yeah, that's a little better. Manly, yes, but I like it too. Uh, that was awful. You can ride with Sean Casey, <laughs> Bill Crawford, and me it's in the DVE Schultz Ford parade truck. We're going to ride in the parade. Let's yeah. go ride in the parade. All right, so right there, pretty good contest. You get to ride in the parade. <clears throat> pretty awesome. Uh, that's you, to start the day. That's, but, yeah, that's just the beginning. You also 
get two tickets to the Bastard Bearded Irishman at the Rex Theater for later on on St. Patty's Day, and you get to be the guest MC. So you get to go up, and, ladies and gentlemen, the Bastard Bearded in front of a crowd full of drunks, and uh, your your adrenaline will be uh, racing. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. You might be, oh, I'll be too nervous. No, you'll be blackout drunk by that point. You won't remember it. Yeah, and we got two nights hotel for you, so you can stay Friday and Saturday downtown. So, oh, for, so that awesome. way you can get up early, get your kegs and eggs on, and, and meet us at the uh, parade route. Easy morning. That's right. Ooh. You get two nights hotel. Then you get lunch for two at the Hard Rock Cafe. Also, after the parade, before the, the Bastard Bearded Irishman show at the Rex. Okay, corned beef and curry will be playing at the Hard Rock. Uh, and you get Uber gift cards and Permani Brothers food for late night grub. Come nice. on. <laughs> right, right there in the south side. It's awesome. So just head to dve.com slash contest for registration <laughs> and your Limerick submission. Okay? Deadline's noon on the 14th. So you have... Two weeks. No. Two, uh, week and a half. Nine days. <clears throat> and we really pulled this together, but, you know... Last <laughs> we did it like we do everything by yeah. the skin of our teeth. Yeah, I was going to use another thing, but that's accurate. So, go to dve.com slash contest and get registered for the Get Your Shamrocks Off St. Paddy's Day contest. Ride the parade with Sean Casey. Bring on the bastard bearded Irishman. Eat permanis. Stay in hotels and party your ass off. Courtesy of DVE. The Beatles. Billy Preston on Keys. DB Morning Show. Val's got your news coming up next. I'm guessing we're going to talk a little bit about the Oscars last night. Yeah. Since you're I such mean, a huge fan. What else is there to talk of about? Of the Oscars. I don't know. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. Yeah. Pretty nice. Sun's already it's out. cold this yeah. week, though. It was beautiful, though. Beautiful sunny Dude, day. I was down a strip yesterday. It was so nice. And I think the I think people are like just thought we were going to get nor'eastered. There was there was not that many people around. Really, I was downtown. I had to do a uh, an appearance at the Home and Garden Show on Saturday. Traffic was insane oh, downtown. Boy, it always is around that. I'm thing, like, isn't it? I guess everybody's coming out of hibernation because it's a sunny Saturday. They filled the potholes. People feel okay to go out. We're going to get rained on and snowed on the rest of the week. So enjoy today. Looks like a uh, little bit. Yeah, not nothing major, but you know. It is what it is. Uh, a little bit later on this morning, we're going to talk with Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. He did a story on Kevin Stevens' return. And his, uh, uh, once again, he's, he's what, 18 months clean? 21 months. 21 months. Uh, but he is taking a new approach. And it's a unique story that we have been following here in Pittsburgh for a long time. And everybody's a Kevin Stevens fan within the Penguins organization and all Penguin fans as well, wishing him nothing but the best. But it seems like he might have really righted the rudder here. So we'll talk with Jason about that. Also, Big Cat from Barstool Sports, part of my Take Podcast co-host, will be on the show coming up 8.15. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't get anywhere near any of no. Kim Jong-un's siblings. They're just well, like, hey, and- Pence. Yeah. And you're like, what was that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you start turning into the 28 Days Later monkey. Exactly. <laughs> dude, <laughs> just real quick. <laughs> what was, hey, what, what, was what was that? Was that, oh, Pana- yeah, yeah. Was that Panaka? <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DBE Morning Show. <laughs> I don't know. That makes me laugh so hard. The Oscars last night. Blaine Kapatch had a very funny tweet. He's like uh, speaking about uh, best song nominee, Sufjan Stevens. He uh, he tweeted. I always think it says Surfin' Stevens. 
<laughs> he looked like he was out of a surfing movie last night with mm-hmm. that jacket. Um, what a stage. Uh, ostentatious. It looked like they were inside of like. Epcot. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. Like all crystal. How did I, they do that? I did like the one, and I can't. It was early in the evening. It was like coming down a big staircase. Yeah. And it was. It looked like a, a mansion or something. I like that one, but. I have to say, I think Jimmy Kimmel is a perfect Oscar host. I do too. He has the perfect amount of reverence and irreverence at the same time. And he doesn't sit and like. Uh, uh, marinate on his jokes. He flies through them, and he just says a lot of funny stuff, and he, I think he strikes a good tone and keeps the show moving as much as it can. But Val, who hates the Oscars more than anybody, I was reading your tweets in Trump's voice last night. <laughs> That's There was a lot of caps, a lot of, yeah, you, there was a lot of complaints. I just hate them. You absolutely. Now, here's the thing. If it was a two-hour show like the SAG Awards, yeah. to- totally fine. Yeah. It was four hours yeah, that's just, it's just way too long. And then long. they have those awful Bits. red carpet yeah. pre-show broadcast that makes it, that just starts it off bad. Right. They act like it's the Super Bowl. Like, it's it's six hours. A lot of people were upset that Shape of Water won all the big awards. Well, won a lot of big awards. Best Picture, Best Director. I don't know why. I don't know either. It was great. That was a pretty good movie, yeah. Like, it was... All the what parts of movie win? making. Won. I don't know. I know a lot of people hated Three Billboards or thought it was getting way too much love, love going into it. And I agree with that. I, I think it was the least of all the Martin McDonough films. On, in Bruges was his best by far. And uh, I thought Seven Psychopaths was even better than that. But the, there was great acting in it. They won two acting awards. Who doesn't love Sam Rockwell? His girlfriend, who was... Uh, Will Ferrell's wife in Talladega Nights. Yes. That's I who think she was. Okay. She is that character. Yeah. Like just his cheerleader. Oh, good for Sam. His, his speech mean, you know. was awesome. Val, let's recap what went down there last night for you right now. What's going on, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Evan Benson. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I'm sorry. It is uh, 23 degrees at DVE. The news brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. Jimmy Kimmel, yes, hosting the Oscars last night for the second time. And he joked about, uh, made a little bit of joke about the Oscar statue, which some people tweeted was inappropriate. Oh, of course, it's loading. Ah, for the lava. Oscar is 90 years old. Tonight, which means he's probably at home right now watching Fox News. <laughs> of course, no. Oscar is here with us. After all the years, uh, after all the awards given for achievements in show business, Oscar is still number one, no question about it. Oscar is the most beloved and respected man in Hollywood, and there's a very good reason why. Just look at him. <laughs> Keeps his hands where you can see them. <laughs> Never says a rude word, and most importantly. No penis at all. All right, so who's what's, mad about that? What's wrong I don't with remember. That joke? Who, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but people were like, you know, in this era of, you know. There are many able bodied Americans who don't have penis. <laughs> I'm fully convinced. Like, I saw Twitter, you know, the, this stupid thing that Twitter's doing with Twitter moments. 
and there was a headline that said mixed reviews for Jimmy Kimmel's monologue. It's like you could copy and paste that for the last 90 monologues <laughs> yeah. that anybody's ever given for the Oscar. I mean, it's how is it not going to be mixed reviews? I think he, I thought he was great. I, I really like Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, he was very good. Um, he could do it every year. He also, did Ellen do the Oscars or what did she do? Yeah, she did the Oscars. She, did the, she was pretty good too, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Alec Baldwin, um, who I i can't stand, but him and uh, Steve, uh, Martin. Steve Martin were great. Yeah, they yeah. did a good job. The awful year, I'm pretty sure, was the Oscars was There was a couple Anne of Hathaway. them. And Hathaway and James Franco. Ooh. Oh, that one was in which real James, bad. I never picked those two. Everybody came away from that hating Anne Hathaway for some reason. James Franco totally left her hanging. Yeah, he wasn't a good just, teammate there. They were just not good. And uh, also, Seth MacFarlane did not exactly endear himself to viewers. I don't, you know, it's funny that like the guys in Hollywood who seem to be like you know the most woke right now also have pasts where they're like, okay, well, you know, I regret that. J- yeah, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, being Jimmy one Kimmel of them. being one of them. But I, you know. The idea that oh, you're talking about you, the man you show. don't yeah. actually learn as you get older. Yeah, I mean, it was 20 years ago. It, it's what happens. But Seth MacFarlane was only like two years ago, and uh, he had a song about like we saw your boobs. Remember that? No. I don't. Yeah, dude, he yeah. did. I mean, he hosted and he had this whole song at the Oscars, which was basically like listing. It was like a Mr. Skin musical. Mm-hmm. Chris yeah. Rock wasn't. I mean, he pissed a lot of people off. I remember that. And I'm a huge fan of Chris Rock, but I didn't think he did a great job. I didn't think David Letterman did a great job. I don't think Conan did a great job. It's, it's, a, a, it's a tough gig. I, I think Kimmel actually mix, mix, like has a perfect mix of uh, the sardonic and uh, the uh, the schmooziness that needs to happen. Plus, he keeps it moving. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, of course... You knew that they were going to talk about last year's screw-up with Best Picture. This year, when you hear your name called, don't get up right away. (laughs) Give us a minute. We don't want another thing. What happened last year was unfortunate. I've not told the story in public because I wanted to save it for tonight, but here's what happened. This is true. Last year, about a week before the show, the producers asked me if I wanted to do uh, some comedy with the accountants, and I said, no, I don't want to do comedy with the accountants. So then the accountants went ahead and did comedy on their own. <laughs> and I have to hand it to them. It was hilarious, but it won't happen again. Um, a lot of people were wondering how he would handle the Harvey Weinstein situation. The Academy, as you're no doubt aware, uh, took action last year to expel Harvey Weinstein from their ranks. There were a lot of great nominees, but Harvey deserved it the most. And, oh, that's nice. That's very sweet. So... I'm sure he'll appreciate that applause. Uh, the Academy kicked him out, and after they did, I was curious, so I looked it up. You know, the only other person to be expelled from the Academy ever was a character actor named Carmine Caridi. In 2004, he was kicked out for sharing screeners. Carmine Caridi got the same punishment as Harvey Weinstein for giving his neighbor a copy of Seabiscuit on VHS. <laughs> But what happened with Harvey and what's happening all over was long overdue. We can't let bad behavior slide anymore. The world is watching us. We need to set an example. And the truth is, if we are successful here, if we can work together to stop sexual harassment in the workplace, if we can do that, women will only have to deal with harassment all the time at every other place they go. 
Uh, he also joked about Holly, Hollywood's changing attitudes toward women and minorities. The success of Black Panther is one of many positive stories this year, especially for African Americans and Bob Iger. <laughs> Black Panther and Wonder Woman are, uh, were massive hits, which is almost miraculous because I remember a time when the major studios didn't believe a woman or a minority could open a superhero movie. And the reason I remember that time is because it was March of last year. <laughs> Now, I, I'm tired of the, the stunt, like, going to the theater across yeah. the street, but this one I liked last night. This is a really long show. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Not saying you shouldn't give a long speech, but whoever gives the shortest speech tonight will go home with, Johnny, tell them what they'll win. It's a brand new jet ski. The number one choice for watercraft enthusiasts. Retail price, $17,999. Back to you, Jimmy. And Helen Mirren, your girl Helen Mirren, was the Vanna White presenter of the jet ski. It was funny. <laughs> she was wearing like an Elsa dress from Frozen. Uh, and uh, speaking of long acceptance speeches, Jimmy addressed that as well. I forgot to mention this year, if your speech goes too long, we aren't going to play you off stage. If your speech runs over this year, instead of music, you will see and hear this. Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! And when that happens, don't stick around. Then you get out. Thank you, Lakeith. That's Lakeith Stanfield. Who you, oh, of course, you know from the movie. There you go. Apparently, though, uh, people were not um, taking him up as much as he would like on the short speech jet ski uh, promotion, so he tried to uh, jazz it up a little. I feel like some of you aren't taking the uh, jet ski thing as seriously as I had hoped. The leader right now is Mark Bridges, the costume designer from Phantom Thread. He did his in 36 seconds, which is solid. That's going to be tough to beat. And I would like to, uh, I know actors like motivation, so we're sweetening the pot. Johnny? A trip to sunny Lake Havasu. You and a guest will drive around trip from Burbank for a three-day, two-night stay at the beautiful Havasu Days Inn. You'll enjoy fishing, sleeping, and don't forget to bring your jet ski to the place where Arizona comes to play, beautiful Lake Havasu. That's right. So let's tighten this up, folks. I thought it was a funny bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. me too. I remember when they used to give away a trip to uh, or a weekend uh, to the uh, Sheraton and Cranberry. Do you, does anybody ever remember seeing that? No. At one point, they were like in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. This, it, like, isn't it a Sheraton out there? Isn't it a big? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's been there is, for but... thirty years. Yeah. But when it first opened, for some reason, it must have had some big push from corporate. Yeah, I don't know. And it was a gift all the time. And I just remember thinking, like, what are they going to do in Cranberry? <laughs> there's so much to do. Well, now there. there's plenty to do. 30 years ago, I don't know if there was uh It's not exactly a vacation destination. It's a wonderful place to live. Yes. But it's not... Well, drivable to Pittsburgh, so... No, the fun yeah, for all outskirts. wasn't even built yet. But when you're in Los Angeles on vacation on a TV show, you don't think, oh, I hope I get whisked away to Cranberry. No. 
Uh, there were many <laughs> causes uh, brought up during the uh, broadcast last night. Mira Sorvino, uh, she was one of the people who spoke about uh, sexual harassment in Hollywood. This entire fall, the Me Too, the Time's Up movements, everyone is getting a voice to express something that has been happening forever, not only in Hollywood, but in every walk of life. Do they know I'm black? Should they? Some of our best work has come from turmoil. We have been in denial about the things at work. This moment is exposing the hypocrisy. These are times that will be long remembered. What will we be remembered for? What did we do? My name's Lady Bird. Uh, that was a film clip inter, uh, produced bit interview introduced by Selma Hayek, Anna, Annabella Shiora, and Ashley Judd, who uh, were all victims of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, Annabella Shiora, boy, she I hadn't seen her in so long. Yeah. She was in a lot of movies back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mia Sorvino, too, right? Like, isn't uh, her dad, she, Paul, is the one who threatened uh, he was going to kill him if he saw him yeah well she she was in the produced piece yeah uh, but she wasn't right, one right. of the you know she was that was her speaking there yeah at the beginning of that clip so we'll talk more next hour about the oscars we'll uh talk about some of the musical performances eddie vetter kind of a surprise i didn't know i thought was it was gonna, cool yeah so we'll talk i really about liked that. it uh windy but sunny today 40 for the high it is 23 at dve did you uh did you, were there costumes that you dug did you like anything in particular last night from the movies or the people no, people costumes outfits whatever uh i thought allison janney's dress was great yeah and laura dern can you believe that was both. the first time allison janney ever went to the oscars let alone nominated, oh, no, but that's the that. first time she was ever there. Plus, how great was it when she was like, I did it all by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. She's batting a thousand. One for one. I I don't really have a problem with any of the awards. There was no surprise. It was a pretty boring broadcast all. Uneventful, yeah. Said and done. It was. Which they might be happy about. I think so. I think, you know, could have easily gone off the rails there yeah. last night, but I think it struck the, the, uh, the right tone and. I think the right movies won. I don't think Three Billboards was the best movie. A lot of people did. I thought Shape of Water was the best. I mean, it was the embodiment of all things Hollywood. It used movie magic. It had uh, great acting, great directing. It had uh, an Space awesome. It was an awesome sort of allegory. And uh, you know, Fishman represent. We are all. Hey, you know, all the outsiders are are Fishman who want to have sex with a mute lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But everyone just kind of focused on the fact that that (laughs) there's like fish sex in that movie instead of... I think because you don't expect... Like, when I saw the movie, it was sexual right off the bat. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like the opening scene. Self-sexual. Wow, that's not what I expected. And then, like, they show that twice. And then there's a scene with Michael Shannon... And his wife. Which is weird. Yeah, it's like, why? What's the point of that? Well, because it does establish his sort of weird dynamic between he and... Women. The women, and specifically, I mean, that guy, he'd like nothing more than a woman who can't talk. So his... Total Stepford wife. The Sally Hawkins uh, character, in a lot of ways, was the perfect woman for him. Because she couldn't talk. It was totally unexpected, I think. He was a really good villain. He always it had everything. God, he was so good in that movie. 
And Stahlberg, Michael Stahlberg was great in it. So I didn't. I, I Octavia Spencer was great in it. There was no part of it. Richard Jenkins. Jenkins was awesome in it. Mm-hmm. There's no part of it that I didn't think was good. Three billboards, I, I think, Richard had Jenkins. a ton of holes in it as a plot. Uh, I do agree with you. Florida Project should have got more love. I would have loved to have seen. Um, oh God, I forget his name. The, the lead actor from Get Out. I would have loved to have seen him win Best oh, Actor. Because yeah. I thought he was fantastic. He's in Black That's Panther good. too. What's that guy's name? Uh, if only we knew how, you know, Elaine? had a computer right in yeah, front of us. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. If only we had, uh, Joe's getting it. He's got a weird name. Like, it's off the beaten path. It's not like Dave Smith. No, I mean, it's like, clearly like an African name or something. Um, also, that was another screw up. Somebody, like, on the E-Red carpet saw Lupita Nyong'o. They're like, there she is, the queen of Rwanda. And they're like, Rwanda? Mm. Uh, <laughs> Rwanda forever. Wakanda? Mm. Uh, yeah, did, those red carpet shows are the worst. Ryan Seacrest, did he get dragged last night by... From what? I didn't watch it because I, I forgot that I was watching the ABC coverage and I flipped over and he I flipped over several times. He was never on, but everything I saw on Twitter said the big stars were avoiding him and that maybe... I, from what oh, I read... What was it's, that one woman who just... It seemed like maybe diff- he had some pre-recorded stuff. Yeah. He might not have been the best person to do it, although I do think he got totally set up. I mean, that woman, he offered her millions of dollars to, or she, he didn't offer her. She was trying to blackmail him, basically. And she's like, I'll go away if you pay me millions of dollars. And he's like, I didn't do anything. Um, Daniel Kaluuya was the actor. Yes. And we're morons. But yeah. That's a pretty regular Val, name. you know how he got that job? Who? Ryan Daniel Zekers? Kaluuya. Oh, no. Because Jordan Peele saw him in an episode of Black Mirror. Anyways. <laughs> You should watch, watch Black Mirror. Gary Oldman, I didn't think, should win. It was Taraji B. Henson that, that drug him. Yes. Seacrest. But some people were saying it didn't go down like that, that she was actually making, she's, she was making a comment to the effect of, like, you know, good things happen to good people. And she was, like, giving him a wink and a nod, and it wasn't like, ha-ha. You're getting yours. You're getting yours so much as she was like, you know, we know you weren't one of the people. I don't know. That, that's... Open to interpretation, yeah, I guess. Unless you hear it from her mouth. Uh, Gary Oldman should not have won, I didn't think. He was just, he was in makeup and he had an English accent, so that's Oscar bait right there. That to me was the total Oscar. That 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 movie was set up for awards. It's not a good movie. It's an okay movie. Mike loves it. It's eh. It was okay. Florida Project should have been nominated. I didn't think Lady Bird was a great movie. I thought it was good. I liked it a yeah, lot. Yeah, it was, it was uh, you yeah. know. And I like Greta Gerwig a lot. Did it so, win anything? I don't think so. Don't think so. Hmm. I want Greta Gerwig nominated. to make more movies, mm-hmm. but like I didn't think it was that yeah. outstanding or anything. I love the montages they do with all the movies, and I think that they could actually shorten the show dramatically by just taking all the technical award speeches mm-hmm. and making that into a montage. Yeah. The I, only montage that pissed me off was the one that was like, here's a four-minute montage celebrating the movies inside a four-hour show celebrating the movies. Yeah. I thought they could have eliminated that Enough one. is enough. Hey, check this out. We are offering you an opportunity to have the best damn St. Patty's Day you could ever imagine. It's our Get Your Shamrocks Off St. Patrick's Day contest. <laughs> Submit uh, your own limerick, and you got a shot at women. 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 You got a shot at women. Maybe that too. Well, you do. You have a good day. Here's what you win. A chance to win in the St. Patty's Day Parade. 
And once again, ask Andy Pittsburgher. It's the biggest St. Paddy's Day parade in the world. It's not true, but it won't stop them from telling you that. <laughs> Sean Casey is going to be our uh, guest of honor in the DVE truck float, whatever, the Schultz Ford parade truck. Uh, Bill and I will be there as well, and you'll ride with us in the parade. Nice. All right? Plus, you get to go to, after that's all done, after we're done partying at the parade, go over to the Hard Rock for lunch, uh, a couple uh, uh, beverages, and watch uh, the band Corned Beef and Curry play, uh, and you, you know, take a little bit of a break. And then you're off to the Rex Theater for the Bastard Bearded Irishman show, where you will be the guest MC for the evening. So you'll go on stage in front of that huge crowd of drunken revel- revelers, and you'll introduce the Bastard Bearded Irishman. Oh it's the God. best possible St. Patty's <laughs> Day you could ever imagine. Uh, not to mention, you get two nights hotel stay, Uber gift cards, and you get Permani Brothers for late night grubbing. Come on. We got you. We got all the bases covered for a weekend of party a in downtown Pittsburgh. The best damn St. Patty's Day you could ever want. Get your shamrocks off. Go to dve.com slash contests, free registration, and uh, figure out how to uh, come up with a limerick there. If you don't know what a limerick is, if you don't know the meter of a limerick, but the, there once was a man from so-so-and-so. There once was a man from Nantucket. Doesn't have to be a man. Could be a yinzer, could be a woman, could be a fish man. There could be a fish man from Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Wow. That would be Black Piranha. That's that would very, be completely different. Very yeah. progressive. But at any rate, you could go to db.com slash contest and win all of that. Hang out with us all day on St. Patty's Day and uh, party your shamrocks off. DVE. Mike's got your sports when we return. on the- DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Penn's getting ready to host Calgary tonight, 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena and on your Penn's flagship. 105.9 The X, and they will do so on an upswing. Penguins able to snap that three-game losing streak with a 3-2 overtime win over the Islanders on Saturday at home. And that's a game that uh, might end up benefiting the Penguins beyond the two points they earned in the standings for the overtime effort. Sidney Crosby winning it in OT, but the game started in a fashion that uh, absolutely defied description. Uh, the Islanders uh, striking first, and uh, striking maybe <laughs> giving them too much credit. Uh, Brandon Davidson scored a goal at one eleven, on which Tristan Jari just fell down and couldn't get up. And Anders Lee <laughs> up to center to Bailey. Tavares is the center in this line. Bailey moves to the right wing. Lee on the left and a backhand shot towards a goal and Jari. Watch that one go by him as Davidson, the defenseman, shot that puck from what have seemed to be an impossible angle. <laughs> he watched it go by him from his backside. <laughs> it, uh, it, we're laughing now. Uh, it was bad. The, the fans, at least the, the reaction I saw on Twitter, nobody was laughing at the time. But uh, head coach Mike Sullivan really liked the way his goaltender and his team responded. Well, I mean, obviously, it's it's a tough one. You know, he loses, and you know, he, he I don't know what he did. Quite honestly, he just uh, <laughs> he lost an edge or he hit a rut or whatever. But it, it was just one of those unfortunate, you know, circumstances. And uh, you know, I thought I, I was really happy with how he responded. You know, that as as a young goalie, 
something like that happens that early in the game, and, and you know, and, and he understands that this is an important game for us. This is a high stakes environment, and there's a fine line between winning and losing. I thought he really responded well, and uh, you know, I thought our players uh, in front of him responded the right way as well. I thought they. They, they gave him a boost. I know our guys gave him a tap on the pad, said, don't worry about it, we'll get it back, and that's what we did. I want to tell you something. If something happens that makes Mike Sullivan speechless, <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's, that's an out-of-the-ordinary occurrence. And consider the context. The Penguins were coming off that 8-4 to shellacking in Boston, and all they had been talking about ever since that Bruins game ended uh, was tightening up. You got to play better defensively. You can't be trading chances. Can't be giving up bad goals. And then that happens. Uh, significant, I think. It looked like he slipped on a banana peel. Yeah. And then the thing's just drifting in. Get up! Get up! <laughs> uh, Patrick Hornquist hadn't seen anything like that either. Uh, that's that's bad luck, you know. First shift and. One of those things happen. I never seen it happen. I played 650 games, and you know it's just bad luck. And and it's it's good now we can joke about it. But uh, it's a tough start for him, and that 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 show a lot of character to come back from that. He he he's by himself back there, and he's probably thinking uh, some some bad thoughts after that one. And and uh, he played a hell of a game and kept us in there. And at least in the in the overtime we needed the most. And you know he's gonna grow from that for sure. Yeah, it's a pretty good. Uh response and uh, one of the ways the Penguins got around that as it turned out is uh, Jari and the Penguins kind of laughed it off I don't think that's the first time it's happened probably won't be the last I think it's just something that you have to put your mind past and just restart it's tough I think it's just one of those things where you have to catch yourself and you just have to refocus right away I think it was one of those fluke things where my skate just got caught in the ice and I wasn't able to get back up quick enough and it's just something I'll put past me. It was a little easier when I came back to the bench and seen 90% of the guys laughing at me, so it was, <laughs> it was a tough thing to swallow, but it's, I'm glad we won. You just you don't see that happening. These are professional ice skaters pretty much. It'd be like if you saw a guy that is a tightrope walker walking down the street and he just fell for no reason. Like Randy said last hour, your first reaction is, hey, have you done this before? Like, Can you skate? I mean, it's... Uh, you never. Sports are not scripted, but it just felt like, oh, this is who we are. Like things yeah. have not been going great since the trade deadline, and we are waiting for that moment to be like, okay, they got their head screwed on straight now, and the game begins with a oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Benny Hill music playing in the background. Nice bounce back and uh, big two points. Uh, yeah, not exactly the best in the NHL coming at him there, but they got the W. Just about the results right now. Uh, you can work on the process. Stack some points. The points are what matter. It's not November anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a sprint to the finish in the Metropolitan Division. Washington has 81 points. Philadelphia 79. Pittsburgh 78. And the Devils 74. Pens and Calgary tonight. Uh, the on-field work uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis wraps up today. The DBs are on the field at the NFL Scouting Combine the defensive linemen and linebackers were on the field yesterday, and it turned out to be a pretty special day. Steelers scout Mark Gorsak, who for years has been in charge of the 40-yard dash at the Combine, had a special message for the LBs before they commenced their day's work. 
Welcome to the combine. We want to dedicate this this group here because you're the linebackers to Ryan Shazier. And we all know Ryan had, had had an injury right now and he's making an amazing recovery. He's making a lot of progress on his purpose. The joy is in the journey. He's going through a journey. You young men are going through a journey also. So we want everything we do, we want to remember Ryan because Ryan blew this combine up and he was a first round pick. He's an outstanding football player in our league. And one thing I know about Ryan Shazier, I ain't betting against him of coming back. And he's making a great progress right now. So let's remember his and his spirit, and we're going to get a lot of things done today in this group. We're all cool about that? Good man, okay? And you guys are all good men, too. Someone else might be the next Ryan Shazier here and be an outstanding football player, if not all of you guys. Pretty cool stuff at the Combine yesterday. Uh, the NFL and the NFL Network uh, and the Steelers remembering Ryan Shazier and saluting his efforts to bounce back from spinal stabilization surgery and that horrific injury he suffered on December the 4th in Cincinnati. College hockey last night, Robert Morris beat Bentley 3-2 in Game 3 of its best-of-three opening round Atlantic Hockey Conference playoff series. The Colonials advance to take on Holy Cross at Holy Cross this weekend in the quarterfinals. The winner there goes to Rochester, New York for the AHC Final Four. And uh, if you haven't marked your calendars already, do so now. March the 14th, the great Sports debate from Tequila Cowboy on the North Shore. Doors open at 6.30. you got to be 21 to walk through them. The sponsor is Bud Light. Uh, the panel is Mark Madden, Adam Crowley, Tim Benz, and yours truly. Bob McLaughlin is our host. Sean Collier, the warm-up comedian. You can get a VIP ticket for 20 bucks. That gets you free food starting at 6.30 and a couple of complimentary Bud Lights. Uh, it's a great event because there's drinking and guys yelling at each other and swearing, and that's the panel. Not just uh, the bar patrons, but ah, uh, everybody's on the same page. I'm at, alarmed at how much people enjoy this. Sports, yeah, I little, I'm a little bit too. Yeah, I, <laughs> thought, I thought this was a terrible idea when it first launched years ago, and it has only grown bigger and uh, better. I think they like the idea, who People love going to this thing. Oh, yeah. And, see, now, I, you know, because you know what I've discounted was the fact that I see you guys drinking and yelling at each other all the time, but not, you know, not everybody is privy to that. It's not always on display like it is at the great sports Yeah, debate. it's a so, great collection. You guys aren't mic'd up <laughs> So you know, that's happening. You need to uh, sneak on into Tequila Cowboy. See what I did there with the sneak thing. It's a little homage to Todd Haley. Yeah, I saw what you did there. Uh, you, should, you should pre-register even if you're not going to get the VIP ticket, which if you're not, why aren't you? But Pre-register? Yeah, because it, it fills up. It's filling up. It's, you know. The, well, the how do you pre-register? The, the Why don't you, you just to, register? You go to dv.com. Isn't that just registering? I guess. If you want to get nitpicky about it. I didn't know if there was two ways to do it. No, just go to dv.com and reserve your spot or get your VIP ticket and get ready for the great sports debate 2018. You got to be hip to get in there. I'd like to uh, did there. pat myself yep. on the back for. <laughs> I'd like to pat myself on the back for trying to poke holes in this event for eight straight years or however you many tried. Years. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to do with it, and I constantly. Some of us that were involved, you know, initially weren't real thrilled about being involved. I'm like that's a bad idea. That's dumb. Why are you doing it like that? 
But uh, uh, have a show for the people that call into sports shows, but in person. Yeah, that sounds have you like ever a wanted nightmare. to get in a fight with somebody on the. Who uh, thought that yeah. would be fun? But it is. It's, it, it, it's it rolling. Is, yeah. It's rolling. Don't All miss right, it. When we come back, there's a front page story today that Jason Mackey wrote for your Post Gazette uh, about Kevin Stevens and his path to sobriety and where he is now, and it is a pretty revealing look at one of the all-time great Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to talk to Kevin about that and a little bit about what's going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins. When we return on DVIC, it is the DVE morning show. Penguins get the W over the Islanders uh, this past weekend, but in your Pittsburgh Post-Gazette today, our friend Jason Mackey with a front-page story about the return of Kevin Stevens to the Penguins' uh, extended family and also a newfound... Uh, sobriety and path to sobriety that has a lot of people hopeful. Jason's joining us right now. What's up, man? How are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. So you went to Quincy, Mass. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did that. I tacked on an extra day when the Penguins were up there in Boston. But I, I had the agreement to like sit in on one of these radio shows and hang out and talk to Kevin for a while. And uh, was, One of these radio shows, it should be awesome. uh, pointed out, is uh, Kevin Stevens is now taking part in a sort of redemption radio show uh, to try and help uh, people combating addiction. Yeah, and just to sort of give the, the nuts and bolts of the story, but obviously Stevens was was busted for selling that you know it was basically a combination of, of more than two years of a, or two decades of abusing drugs a couple of years ago, and uh, was was sentenced um, in May to do like thirty six appearances, and he's blown that number out of the water, and he's actually like gotten pretty good at telling his story and talking about addiction and he does it in a way that's like you know it's just arty he he goes up there and swears and he's just himself and he's funny but um he's gotten so into this and he's busier than hell and you know doing all this stuff and he's, he's starting to like it and it's like this new sort of learning how to live a sober life for the first time in a long time and um you know he's he's doing it he's doing really well he's losing weight he's liking it um, he's about to buy a house. He's got a, a girlfriend and a, a kid that, that he lives with up there. And um, so it's just, you know, his life is really, really going in a good direction here for probably the first time in a long time. What started his uh, addiction? He, he talked to you, opened up, you know, in a way that he seemingly hasn't before. Yeah. Um, basically, it's, it's a couple things that started it. But what he told me, the first thing was in New York City, um, Somebody just like handed him a line of coke, and he said it's like late at night, and he just did it. And you know, it's a, the decision that he regrets now, but he feels like he was never an addict before, and that just set this thing off. And then, um, at least that's that's what he thinks. And, and we all remember that um, Rich Pilon hit, you know, his face smashing into the ice and super ugly, and then he got hit hooked on prescription painkillers, and from there it just went mm-hmm. to, you know, that. And, God, you know, Perkins, if I can heroin, you go down the list. I mean, he was up there, like, talking about Neurotin for, for crying out loud. Um, but, you know, it was just, it, it, he became so dependent on it, and that was part of his daily routine. One of the quotes in there, it's not even like he was saying, I wasn't even doing drugs to get high, you're just doing drugs to get through the day. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it, he never really got away from that dependence. Jason, you mentioned uh, he's arty. Does it look and feel like he's his old self in terms of uh, the charisma and the, the the sparkle in his eye and the, the booming nature of his voice and that, uh, hey, I'm in the room now, everybody take notice kind of guy that he used to be and then wasn't for a long time? Yep, 
Absolutely. Um, and he talked about that in the piece, too, saying he was like a little bit embarrassed. I think shameful was the word. But um, this is a story I can tell here. I didn't use it in the piece. I'm probably going to use it tomorrow in the 20 thoughts thing I do. But So we're doing the radio show. In every commercial break, he's looking over at me like wanting to talk hockey. He said, so the tank's looking better, huh? You know, are they going to get <laughs> together? Like, how's Matt Murray's head? You know, he's and, like, he does the radio thing and he likes it and, you know, whatever he puts up with it. His eyes light up when he's talking hockey, and he's, like, so into this and so passionate. It's just cool to see. You know, I'm, I'm like, happy to answer these questions for him. Part of me is, like, blown away that he's even asking what I think. Freaking Kevin Stevens, why are you asking me what I think? But um, it it was, yes, the the arty that, like, all of Pittsburgh knows and loves is, is definitely on its way back, I think. At least it showed itself when I was up there. Is he doing anything with the Pens now? Uh, yeah, I think he, the family links thing is sort of, was sort of facilitated by the Penguins. I'm not completely sure with that. I think the Penguins want to bring him in and, and do more stuff like this. I mean, he's a part-time scout. He's coming to Pittsburgh actually this week for Mario's fantasy camp. Yeah, I mean, part-time uh, scout, is that kind of ceremonial or is he actually no, doing a little no, work? He, he actually does work. Um, he just doesn't travel a ton. Like, he does a lot of, you know, BCBU. There are a lot of guys to look at up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably a different area that it might be ceremonial, but he does he does a lot of those games. Like, anytime he's, he's with his son watching his son, like, you know, he's kind of got his scout hat on. And I think he does some stuff at, at, the, at the garden. It's hard to say garden, but, uh, mm. like, he was there when the Penguins played. So, I, you know, they use him a little bit. It's just basically Boston-based. Jason, what makes this time different for Artie? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that makes it different for him is like he actually figured out how to live life outside of the drugs. Like it wasn't just, all right, well, I just got to do this, and and you know, I'm going to abstain, and I'm not going to do it. But like he, everything around him is, is is sort of prohibiting him from falling back into that life. Um, and another thing I think is kind of neat and funny. His sister is quoted in there, Kelly Wilson, and um, she's sort of his, like, manager. You know, she schedules his time and whatever, and she's telling me, like, sometimes he kind of bitches and moans because he's so busy, but they, they think it's a good thing because he's so busy. You know, he's pulled in a bunch of different directions with the nonprofit and speaking and um, all this stuff, but um, you know, he doesn't have downtime to go, you know, fall off the rails or, or go do anything. Um, and I also think that he just knew that he needed to. And I, I think he says it in there, too. He spent six days in jail. And um, and not like, you know, oh, I feel guilty. I have to do it. Like, he was convinced that he would be dead if yeah. he doesn't get clean. So I, I, I think that's a big part of it, too. Do you think he gets a sense the organization is basically extending him one last chance? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of places are, are sort of extending him one last chance. And I think it means a lot to him. I really do that. You know, not only one uh, Mario and everybody else is stuck by him, but they gave him this role as a part-time scout. Like he wants to be full-time, and I think that's part of what he's pushing to do and and do a good job and take this responsibly. Which I would say is unlike what he did the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's talking to Recky all the time. He's, he's talking to talk it and watching Coyotes games and sort of reconnecting with a lot of these guys. So I think that's a good thing for him too. That you know, he can just kind of be one of the the old Penguins, you know, go back from Mario's fantasy camp, dip yeah. in, and, and go golfing with those guys. Like, I think he, is, he genuinely likes that life. 
We're going to have Kevin on the show in a couple of days here. Jason Mackey's story in the uh, Post-Gazette today. You can check out uh, the the entire story there, and it's great. Well done by you. That's, it's a, you know, a Thank great you. look Thank into you. his journey here, and it's, you know, we know how tenuous this can be. This it's it's a tricky situation. You know, it's 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 one thing to celebrate where he is right now, but it's not over. Yeah, it's not. And and I give the people up there a lot of credit. Um his sister specifically. I mean he you know, obviously did a lot of bad things to a lot of people. He wasn't there for a lot of commitments that he said he would be there and, and blah blah blah. But uh, you know, one of the things again she said in there was um you know, she stood by him looking sort of into the soul of a person and you know, I'm sure that for those closest to Stevens, it would be easy to discard him and, and call him a junkie and forget about him and whatever. And he's had a lot of people that have stood, that have stood by his side. And I, I think it's really impressive now. And I, you know, who's to say at 52, he can't have sort of had this figured out and, and learning how to live a, a good life. And um, yeah, he's just such a genuinely nice person. I, I'm sure Mike has a much better window into him. Um, as a player and, and as a person, but uh, you know, even even me, you know, we we get in there and he's just so warm, comes over, shakes your hand, like practically hugs you, and you sit and, and BS, and he's funny, and um, it's just it's good to see that personality shining through, and that he's enjoying what he's doing too. It's not just you know lip service, and you know, he'd like rather be be out doing drugs somewhere. Jason Mackey from the Post Gazette. Jason, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. On the way for you, Big Cat from Barstool Sports. Pardon my take podcast. A recap of the Combine, his exploits, and uh, hanging out with Todd Haley in the bars in Indy and whatnot. Uh, And Val with more Oscar review when we come back. Plus the best St. Paddy's Day contest you're ever going to have in Pittsburgh. I'll tell you more about that coming up. DV and Benson. Brief and to the point. 24 yeah, no degrees around. now at DVE. Cut the music, get right to it. I'm Val Porter. A 20... Here's a uh, 2016 warning about Russia's again. attempts to meddle in the 2016 U.S. election was watered down by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. That's a claim by former White House Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough, who worked the job throughout former President Obama's second term. On NBC's Meet the Press, McDonough said the letter was written to the National Association of State Election Directors. The letter told states to make sure their network is secure from an attack. McDonough explained it took over three weeks to just get the statement worked out. I don't understand for the life of me why Obama left it up, why Mitch McConnell had the power to kill this. Why wasn't it something where Obama just went out and said, here's what's actually happening, and it's in our national interest that the entire country knows about this. Well, he could have, but he wanted to do it in a bipartisan way. Yeah, that's why he stinks. So many things he could have done. There's no bipartisanship. It's either you do it with your side or you don't do it. That it drives me crazy every time I hear the story. I'm like, why does Mitch McConnell get to tell us what we can and can't know? Don't know that. Total BS. President Trump is visiting Western Pennsylvania again this weekend. The president's re-election campaign says he will be at Atlantic Aviation in Moon Township on Saturday, March 10th. I think that's where he went the last time he was here. Uh, Organizers say doors will open at 4 p.m. and the president is expected to speak at uh, 7 p.m. on Saturday. Payments start today to the families of the 58 people killed last October in the Las Vegas mass shooting. They'll each be getting $275,000 along with the families of the 10 people who were permanently brain damaged or paralyzed. That money comes from a fund set up with the initial goal of raising $500,000 but quickly grew to more than $31 million with donors from all around 
around the world. Hundreds were injured in that massacre at the Route 91 Harvest Festival. More than 150 people honored fallen New Kensington Police Officer Brian Shaw last night. A candlelight vigil was held in the parking lot of the City Reach Church on Leishman Avenue, the same spot where Shaw was killed November 17th. Prosecutors say 29-year-old Ruckmail Holt is awaiting trial for shooting Shaw after a traffic stop last year. If you are a non-smoker, do you get irritated when your smoking co-workers go outside five times a day to grab a smoke? Well, no, people... only when I'm trying to record a spot. <laughs> you know, that's the only time that comes up. People now it's are a very put... specific complaint. Yes. People are uh, now not happy about it. A new study found that, or not, they they think there should be some fairness, I guess. A new study found that when people who smoke take smoke breaks, it adds up to about six total work days per year. So another survey asked if non-smokers <laughs> should get extra vacation days to make things fair. Yeah, hey. And believe it or not, the overwhelming answer from both non-smokers and smokers is yes. 80% of non-smokers say they should get at least an extra day or two off, and 14% <laughs> say they should get a full week off. 62% of smokers think their co-workers who don't smoke should get at least an extra day or two, and 16% say it should be a full week. I don't know. You get those days at the end of your life. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get the you get the bonus time there at the end. I, I I'm pretty much shocked at how quickly I've become a non-smoking snob. It happens. I was a rapidly. smoker for ever, it seemed like. I used to love going into bars and they allowed you to smoke. When, when I smoked, I'd be like, yeah, all right, I can have chokes and not have to go outside. Thank God. And now I'm, I'm, I can't handle it for more than like a half here. an hour, yeah. Uh, Bill Cosby will be back in a Pennsylvania courtroom today. A pretrial hearing scheduled in Norristown to decide what evidence can be shown to the jury. The judge will also have to decide if any more of Cosby's alleged victims can testify against him. The comedian and actor will be retried on sexual assault charges after his first trial ended in a hung jury last June. His defense is looking to have the second case thrown out before heading for that April retrial. Jury selection is slated to begin on March 29th. And the 90th Oscar Award ceremony was held last night in Los Angeles. Musical numbers are always a part of the broadcast. And I hadn't heard about it, so it was a surprise to me. But Eddie Vedder performed. Uh, he performed Tom Petty's Room at the Top while the In Memoriam video was broadcast. I got a room at the top of the world tonight. I got a room at the top of the world. I got a room at the top of the world tonight And I can't come here And all the songs nominated for Best song from a movie uh, performed last night, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Uh, this one really confused the hell out of me. The song itself? Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know the, didn't movie. Know the movie. I just didn't know what was happening on my TV. P.T. Barnum. It looked like one of those, like, 
diversity vomit performances, like, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Regular ballotv.com. You like this? Yeah. Like this is me. This is who I am. Except me. I had no idea. I didn't even know what the title of the song was. I was kind of like half paying attention, I guess. And I turned, you know, and looked at the screen, and this loud song was happening, and people were flying all over the place. Uh, I didn't realize it was from The Greatest Showman. It would have made a lot more sense if I knew it was from the circus movie. Yeah. Because I was literally looking at like, it. What thinking, is this well, circus? It's, it's it's from the circus movie. <laughs> it's the woke circus. Uh, Sufian <laughs> Stevens performed Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Surfin' Stevens had the uh, Annie Clark. St. Vincent was in the band. Chris Dealey from Punch Brothers, also in the band. What do you think of that? What do you think of that song? It was fine. It was it's like good. every other Sufjan Stevens song. Yeah. It's good though. I mean, Mary J killed it. Uh, yes, here is her performance, "Mighty River" from Mudbound. Oh, yeah, Mary J. She's doing. She yeah. was good in Mudbound, too. Oh, she's that in was, it? Yeah, too? she's. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got to see Mudbound. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, forecast today sunny but windy. 40 for the high. It's 24 at DVE. Yeah, and uh, now set to join us here on the DVE morning show. It's uh, the winner of Best Canadian Accent in a Feature Film, Big Cat from Barstool Sports, <laughs> part of my take podcast. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? I uh, I don't have a hot take about the Oscars. I hope that's not why I'm on. I just thought they were boring. No, yeah, no. I mean, I was going to ask you what you thought of Jimmy Kimmel. It, it just was boring. I don't know. It, maybe I'm. Maybe I forget. Uh, maybe I'm like remembering everything wrong. But it seems like every year the Oscars just get more and more boring. And I just I, I don't know. It's like four hours of the same kind of lame jokes over and over. I think it's like a NASCAR race now where you basically are watching and hoping something terrible happens. And if it doesn't, well, you really have to understand the sport to really enjoy it. That's a really good point. And what happens every year is my brain is so small that I I watch the (laughs) Grammys and I think, oh, every award show is like this where every musician that we all like gets to play. And then you go to the Oscars and you're like, where's all the music? Oh, yeah, they don't do music at the Oscars. No, they don't. But uh, last night... Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. Yes. Uh, now, Congrats to Kobe. Yeah, that was big. Uh, was Shaq robbed for Kazam? Should that have been retroactively instated? What about Michael and Space Jam? I actually can't believe this. This is the most basketball talk that's ever happened on this station. Yeah, that is true. Yes. yes. When, yep. uh, there will be a buzzer that rings after 80 seconds, just to let you We're know. We're actually off air right now. All your listeners are like, who is Kobe Bryant? Is he, is he a left winger? What is he doing? Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about, this is off topic. This is off sports. But uh, being that you're there in New York now, even though you're kind of pulled away from Chicago, uh, there was a meme that everyone on Twitter attacked yesterday about the Brooklyn barbecue joint. That yes. And it was basically, oh, look how Brooklyn is taking over barbecue in the country. And it was a picture of the most just sparsely 
uh, uh, fitted plate of barbecue. There was like no sauce. It was three pieces of brisket and a tiny little bun and one pickle, which seemed very hipster barbecue-ish. Now, I... I think it'd be easy to just tee off on this, particularly since you come from the city of meat, Chicago. Right. But yes. but doesn't it say more about Twitter and less about the hipster barbecue joint that we just wait for the chum to be thrown? And it doesn't matter what it is. Everybody's just so happy to have something to rail against. You're absolutely right. And I actually, that's why I always think that these places do it on purpose. Like I think that the, you know, whoever tweeted this out, whatever Twitter account tweeted this out, they said, you know, we can. How can we make everyone mad? Oh, okay. Well, we get the worst <laughs> plate of barbecue in the world made in Brooklyn, and it's taking over. And we actually kind of called our shot on this because when we go, we we have some uh, friends at Kentucky Sports Radio, and we have a bit where we always say that uh, uh, Brooklyn bourbon is actually the best bourbon in the world, <laughs> and everyone just gets so angry in Kentucky. And they're like, "What are you guys talking about?" No, actually, well. These hipsters in Williamsburg, they really have it, have it figured out. They've taken it to the next level. So uh, oh, yeah. you're going to want to try the, the barbecue and, and, the, and the bourbon when you come to Brooklyn. Now, I, <laughs> and I bet the barbecue at that place is fine and, and whatever. But, boy, I mean, God. The, the meat way, looks a little thirsty. Yeah, the way people just, like, look for something. And they're so happy that there's something not political that everybody can just start writing jokes about that we just go way over the top. Yeah. And that's why I, I like to defend it. So I'm I'm a big Brooklyn barbecue <laughs> that's guy right. now. I'm going to go to that place and eat it all the time. I'm going to gold belly a bunch of bu- a Brooklyn barbecue <laughs> to my house this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, you were yeah. at the Combine this past week, Big Cat. The yeah. NFL Combine. Uh, I got to ask you, what was your big, biggest starstruck moment? Ooh. Because um, I saw well, you had a bunch of encounters. Yes. So it probably was, and I'm not just doing this to pander to you guys, but it probably was Todd Haley walking into the bar. And that is simply because when he walked in the bar, PFD and I uh, looked at each other and we're like, this kind of, this isn't, this isn't normal. This doesn't feel right. Because Todd Haley walked in the bar and got a vodka soda and he didn't punch anyone in the face <laughs> and like, smash any glasses. So uh, Was he limping? Was there, was there a hitch in was- his giddy up? No, he looks fine. So it's kind of a don't meet your heroes moment, where it's like, oh, this isn't as fun as we thought it would be. <laughs> was there a mechanical bull in the bar you were at? Why was he there? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the combine, but it, it really is just spring break for all these football coaches. They all just get to Indianapolis. They do a couple meetings, and then they just go to the bar or the steakhouse with all their friends, uh, who are also fellow coaches, and sit there and get rocked all week. That does sound awesome. Uh, what What do you think is the most useless combine event? Oh my god, that's I mean all of it. I it's like <laughs> I don't, I don't, you guys do this because this happens to me every year. I think it's just because I love football and miss football. But I'll turn on the combine and I'll just zone out, and like two hours will pass, and I'll yep. realize, oh my god, I just watched the same exact like stupid drill linebackers running up and down the field in a zigzag that has nothing to do with football nothing. for two hours. And so it's, I mean, <laughs> it, it really is a little bit, I guess. Uh, I guess I want to, I guess the Wonderlick and the 40 yard I could go with and maybe the bench press, but all these drills that they do, it's like, haven't you seen four years of tape from these guys? Like, isn't that, isn't that a little bit more important than them running around in their underwear in, 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 in an empty stadium in Indianapolis? I know you guys were there to scout a bunch of different players, but really, I, I understand that that your focus was almost singular in in uh, in nature. You're you're trying to get 
people to draft one quarterback over over all the other ones. <laughs> yes, draftjocktalent.com right. uh, for all your listeners who <laughs> might be listening um, here. By the uh, way, great job on the website. Is uh, yeah, it's uh, the the number one NFL draft website uh, on the internet right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but Josh Allen is tall and looks good in shorts. So if the Steelers can't, the Steelers might want to trade up. They might yeah. want to trade up and grab him. It might be. It might be time. He was chucking bombs. I saw a couple of videos where he threw the ball like eighty yards. Bombs, like ninety. Come on, let's be serious here. He threw it ninety. He threw it fifty off his uh, off his off his knees, off the goalpost. And I don't know if you guys remember, but yeah. a couple guys, a couple, couple NFL legends, Jamarcus Russell and Kyle Bowler, seem to do something similar. That's right. So, Major Harris, yeah. same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's a, that is, if there is an indicator of NFL uh, great potential, it's throwing a football off your knee. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, a million miles an hour. Now, you are the uh, one of the, the few people who are as big of a fan of Jim Tom Sula as we are. Uh, being he's a Pittsburgh guy, he's a DVE guy. I mean, he is as Pittsburgh as it gets. Don't you think they ought to just make him eternal life king of the combine, and he just runs the whole thing? It was – I don't know what he – he debuted like a new mouth noise yesterday. I don't know if you guys were watching, but he was doing some kind of karate sensei, like <laughs> every time the guy was supposed to run a different direction, and he was uh, – yeah, I mean, Jim Thompson loves the combine. And because – it's it's one of those things. It's not football, but it's as close to football as you can get in the middle of uh, February, March. So you'll take whatever you can get. And Jim Tom Sula, he'll, he'll sleep on the turf if he has to. He can run around with these guys. Jim Tom Sula is the only head coach in NFL history that we know of that openly farted in a press conference. Nothing but respect for him. A lot of examples of football history of good quarterbacks. Just farted right when <laughs> he's talking to the press. Oh, man, what a legend. What How about uh, Shaquem Griffin? Now, he is a one-handed linebacker from uh, UCF who everybody was talking about. Uh, and, it, you know, look, uh, I guarantee you he's better. He, he'd have more interceptions than Ike Taylor career in, in the <laughs> NFL. But a guy like that, like how how is he going to compete and our team's going to be scared away from, from the fact that he's, he's got two arms, but he only has one hand. Right, and, you know – this is this is going to be an interesting one because he is a good he's a good player he played well in college. Should he be uh, allowed to have a prosthetic hand just I, for I pass blocking? I feel like he should, but it, what's going to happen is if he slides in the draft, everyone's going to be like, "Well, I can't believe these teams aren't taking him." He's got one hand. I mean, I think it's fair for the scouts to say that we'd rather have our guys having two hands than one. I think right. Tim Griffin probably knows that. It's kind of like the the tight end from from uh, Wisconsin, Troy Fulagali. He's only got nine fingers. And I, I was talking to you know one of the scouts. They're like, "Yeah, we love him, but we wish he had ten fingers." I think that's kind of a fair. I think it's a fair thing to say. Not unreasonable. I, mean, I hope he has a great career, but it's it's reasonable to be to to, to maybe bring him down a little, make make him a make him a uh, fourth rounder instead of a second rounder because he only has one hand. I just hope for his sake that he doesn't go to the Giants because he is one Fourth oh. of July party away from not having any hands. Yeah, the jokes on that one. That one will break. That will be worse than the Brooklyn barbecue. Right. <laughs> uh, Big Cat from Barstool Sports, Pardon My Take podcast, which is the biggest podcast in the universe. Uh, who do you guys got on the show this week? Uh, we have Ryan Pace today, actually, the GM for the Chicago Bears. So, it was, Dude, uh, nice. Friend. 
Yeah, our first uh, GM slash coach in the NFL. So we kind of broke through that wall, which was nice. How hard did you um, hit him on Josh Allen? Uh, we did. I didn't because I'm a Mitch Trubisky guy. You are a Mitch T guy. Well, so here's where where it really comes down to is that I am a Mitch Trubisky guy because I I can't fathom uh, it not working out. Like I can't fathom wasting another like four years of my life <laughs> having this not work out. So I am a full Mitch Trubisky guy. But um, yeah, we talked to him about everything. I think we have Joe Buck on this week as well. And Joe Buck, you got you've done the full one eighty on Joe Buck. I don't know how I've told you before. I don't know how I feel about your embracing Joe Buck. He, he's he's actually really really nice guy, and he's like. But I, I'm afraid know, like, that once you guys start because you guys tee off on him, you teed off on him, and then he cozies it up to you, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, he's a nice guy. I'm worried yeah, that you won't keep your outsider status if you keep cozying up to the celebs. But I I keep I still tee off on him. I still make fun of him. Um and. Yeah, I mean, the good news is the NFL continues to ban us from everything. So we won't, we won't have insider, you know, ability there. So we'll keep our bad boy status. How bad do you think Goodell has, like, people trying to bring you down? Like, to, to what extent do you think he has moles in the barstool office <laughs> who are, they're trying to, like, do whatever they can to give you guys bad PR? I wouldn't be shocked. Every new thing that comes in our office, I'm like, who are you? And where'd you come from? Okay, you're probably from the NFL. But they have, I don't know if you saw it at the uh, Super Bowl, at the media uh, credential check-in at Radio Row, they had a little piece of paper that had all of our names, me, PFD, and Hank, and uh, saying, do not admit these three people no matter what. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude, congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They care that much. It's crazy. Like we really wouldn't do much. Not, I don't know what they think. We probably just ask Andy Reid fart questions. So. <laughs> can't, can't really get that bad. Well, he would never be able to take the pizza challenge. I mean, he would literally one bite is not going to do it for that dude. No, he had three steaks once. Remember that story? How we uh, sat down for a meeting and had three steaks. <laughs> wouldn't you just be? Uh, would you be able to eat next to somebody who ate three steaks? Oh yeah, because it would be Andy Reid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be having the time of my life. I don't know many other people that would do that. Big Cat Barstool Sports, part of my take podcast. Make sure you check it out. Hey, man, thanks for your time as always. Appreciate yeah, it. Great stuff, man. And make Thank sure PFT you. is not a mole. Yes. Ooh, good point. It could be him. And uh, please, no more NBA talk, okay? No, no, no. no. We hit our limit for 2018. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys. We'll see you. See you, man. Big Cap, Barstool Sports, part of my take podcast. Uh, if you're not listening to that, you should be because those two are the, the funniest two dudes going. All right. Sports coming up next when we return. Mike Pursuit, a recap of this past weekend for the Pens and a look ahead. Also, the best possible sh- shamrock off competition. I'm not saying it right. I. We changed the name and it's screwing me up. It's get a, your shamrocks get off. Get your shamrocks off. It's our St. Patty's Day competition uh, contest. You could be riding in the St. Patrick's Day parade with Sean Casey. And that's just for starters. That's, yeah, that's just, just one little part of, of it. Day. Give you the full details coming up. Friends. DVE Sports. I pursued it with your sports right now on the DVE morning show. Try not to fall down. Force up sitting down. Oh, okay. I want you to pull a jari as, I, a as I'm throwing it to you. I have fallen out of chairs before. So have I. <laughs> Famously. Oh, my God. That was the greatest. Sports are brought to you by Emporio, <laughs> a meatball joint. The Penguins are hosting the Calgary Flames tonight, 7 o'clock at the PPG Paints Arena and on your Pens flagship, 105.9 The X. They are coming off a three-game losing streak, snapping 3-2 to two overtime victory over the 
New York Islanders on Saturday, a game that included a lot of good stuff, including Derek Broussard's first goal with the Penguins. Here's Broussard turning their shooter towards an app block, and again, the Penguins get to it. It's Kessel on the near side. Burns fires in that save made. Rebound score! The Penguins have just tied this game! And Derek Broussard found that puck, gets his first goal in a Penguin uniform, and we're tied at two. Hop into Cordova, baby. We're going bowling. Yeah, Broussard's 19th of the season at 11:29 of the third period, knotted things at two. The Penguins won it in the extra session on Sidney Crosby's 22nd goal of the season. That allowed them to bounce back from allowing a goal at 1:11 of the first period on a play that uh, Mike Sullivan admittedly characterized as defying description. He had no words. Tristan Jerry fell down. The puck slid in, and Twitter exploded. Well, Pen- that'll happen. Penn's got over that. They uh, they bounced back. They laughed it off, and uh, they gradually figured it out. Out shooting the Islanders fifty to twenty-seven, but having to go to overtime and then kill a penalty in overtime before winning in overtime. Uh, another uh, nuance to the game is uh, Broussard's continued efforts to adjust his play to the way the Penguins want their players to play. He's actually trying to ramp up his offense in Pittsburgh as opposed to what he was doing in Ottawa. But yeah, the they same, had him pretty well restrained. But at the same time, he's trying to be responsible defensively. I think I have to think more offense and still play on the right side of the puck. But, uh, um, you know, in, in my previous team, I was playing more on the defensive side all the time and uh, we're a little bit more patient in our game. And I, I felt like here, um, you know, the last couple of games, we're, you know, the guys are... A lot of skill, a lot of, a lot of speed in the team. We're trying to play a, a fast-paced game, and um, I, uh, that's what I try to tell myself on the bench every time. Penguins uh, trail the Capitals by three points in the race for first place in the Metropolitan Division and the second-place Flyers by one. Uh, Washington has a game in hand on Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. The Devils remain in hot pursuit, two points behind the Penguins. Uh, NFL defensive line and linebacker prospects were on display yesterday at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. The linebackers were working out for their NFL futures, but they were also doing their thing to honor Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier. Welcome to the combine. We want to dedicate this this group here because you're the linebackers to Ryan Shazier. And we all know Ryan had, had had an injury right now, and he's making an amazing recovery. He's making a lot of progress on his purpose. The joy is in the journey. He's going through a journey, and you young men are going through a journey also. So we want everything we do, we want to remember Ryan because Ryan blew this combine up, and he was a first-round pick. He's an outstanding football player in our league. And one thing I know about Ryan Shazier, I ain't betting against him of coming back. And he's making a great progress right now. So let's remember his and his spirit, and we're going to get a lot of things done today in this group. We're all cool about that? Good man, okay? And you guys are all good men, too. Someone else might be the next Ryan Shazier here and be an outstanding football player, if not all of you guys. Yes, sir. That was uh, Steelers scout Mark Gorsak, who handles the 40-yard dash for the NFL every year. And uh, Possibly the biggest, one of the biggest collectors of music I know. That guy has more recorded music. Than, well, than anybody I've met. You know, you got a lot of time to listen to music when you're driving from Alabama Tech to Mississippi. That's what I think it is, too. AM and then. Oh, yeah. uh, he has tons of soundboards. He gave me a uh, thumb drive one time, and it was like it had like a thousand shows on it. 
He's a he's an avid collector. It's not uncommon. For, you'll see him at the facility or somewhere, and they'll say, "Hey, what are you listening to?" Oh not, yeah, yeah. Not, did you see the Colts game last night? Yeah, or, he's a huge music fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that great one, message. He had the four one two Shea Leaf T shirt on, and he's been running that uh, the combine forever. I guess yeah. about fifteen years, yeah. give or take. Also. Uh, Joe Montana's center at Ringle. That's right. That should be noted. He, one of his claims to fame, but not yes. the only one, because as you mentioned, he's a, there's a lot of depth yeah. to Gores. That's right. He's deep. Have you turned your focus to the combine yet, Mike? You know, I, I started to. I, I just uh, had an opportunity to watch a little bit of it every day because I had uh, three hockey games to broadcast over the weekend. Saw that. Uh, Robert Morris Friday night, Saturday night, and the Colonials 3-2 win Sunday. Um, last night, that, that advances Robert Morris to play Holy Cross in the Atlantic Hockey quarterfinals. But there was an interesting conversation on the quarterback day. I think that was Saturday. And uh, getting back to the combine, Mike Mayock was talking about how there are only so many quarterbacks, franchise-type quarterbacks. He said it was 8, 10, 12. Whatever it is, there aren't enough to go around. So what do you do in response? And in a league where you just saw Nick Foles win the Super Bowl, <laughs> where you saw the Vikings almost get there with Case Keenum, where you saw Jacksonville almost get there with Blake Bortles. Is the league transitioning and figuring out how to win without franchise quarterbacks? Do you get the next best thing and then put your money in defense? Uh, and uh, Mayock, uh, who I think is really good at this draft evaluation stuff, he knows something about seemingly everybody. He was talking about how Kirk Cousins is now – the hot free agent, mostly because he's the best guy available, and he's going to get paid more than he probably deserves. Yep. Can you find another Kirk Cousins? You know, not necessarily through free agency, but but in the draft and develop that guy so you you, you can play him while you're not paying him a zillion dollars, right? And then put your money elsewhere. And is that a way to win if you don't have Drew Brees, if you don't have Ben Roethlisberger, if you don't have Philip Rivers? Uh, is there a way around not being one of the lucky few? And, hey, the Eagles found one. Maybe there's more out there. The Eagles seem to be hoarding them. And some of the quarter, he mentioned like a Mason Rudolph of Oklahoma State who's not necessarily considered a top-tier quarterback this year, but pretty productive guy in college, won mm-hmm. a lot of games. Uh, there are guys like that out there maybe, maybe if you look hard enough. And he also, Mayock also mentioned teams that have quarterback as a secondary need. Not a primary need, but uh, your quarterback is getting older and he's going to be gone sooner rather than later. He did not mention the Steelers specifically, but even though Ben says he wants to play two, three more years, I think if you find a guy like a Kirk Cousins, maybe you take him in the third or fourth round. Right. All right. Uh Val has news coming up top of the hour. Valerie, what are you going to be talking about? We're going to talk about, uh, well, some guys don't like to wear even wedding rings, so no chance they'll wear man-gagement rings, but they're a thing. They should not be a thing. We'll talk about it coming up. And the best damn say Patty's Day contest ever. (laughs) Wait till you hear what we got lined up for you, what you could win. And one small part of it, riding in the parade with Sean Casey. God. That's just one part of it. Yep, full details. Hey, Patty's Day Parade in Pittsburgh is one of the biggest in the world, and you could be riding in it with none other than Sean Casey. It's DVE's Get Your Shamrocks Off St. Patty's Day Contest. Here's the deal. Everybody knows that weekend is absolutely nuts. Are you one A of those? A bleep show. Yeah. 
Are you one of those people that likes to uh, just try and, and, and be a part of everything, uh, but the logistics of it all get get to you? Well, we made it as easy as it could possibly be, and way to see these perks. All right. First off, we're going to give you hotel accommodations downtown for the entire weekend. That's a Friday huge, and Saturday. a huge deal. Okay. Because we're, a so lot of it is up, parking downtown. Wake up refreshed. Kegs and eggs. Ready to hit it. You're just, on site. That's right. And then you get to ride in the parade in the uh, DVE Schultz Ford parade truck with Sean Casey. All right. And me and Bill are going to be there, too. Are you coming or not? I'm not sure yet. Come on. Val, come with us. I don't know. You guys, you know, what's the big, what's the saying about the big dogs and being on the porch? You can't run with the big dogs, get on the porch. Are you afraid we're going to make you do shots of Jameson? (laughs) Val, I will stay on the porch with you. I am not drinking whiskey. I'm a beer guy. I'm only a beer I guy. I am drinking whiskey. Uh, and so are you, Bill. No. So, so is Sean Casey. I'm you think sure. Sean Casey's going to like stop barking in your ear until yeah, you- Yeah, see? That's what I'm afraid of. It's going to be super fun. Come on out there. No, no, no. No peer pressure, Val. It's fine. So the winner, you get to ride with us in the DVE Schultz Ford parade truck. Then, all right, we're going to- After that's all over and we uh, high five after the revelry of the parade, <laughs> we go over to Station Square which is a bleep show. You get a VIP booth at the Hard Rock for corned beef and curry. Come on. While they're playing, which is a great Irish Indian band. <laughs> Legendary. Oh, Bob Bandry. Isn't it Bandry? Is his last name? Not sure. He's, you know, he's been a uh, staple of uh, the St. Patty's Day parades. He, the, the band is awesome. And you'll have lunch. All right. After the parade. Yeah. Throw down a little grub. Enjoy the band. Have a it, couple cocktails. It's not over. All right. It's not over. Then we whisk you. You'll be whisked via your Uber because you have unlimited Uber for the weekend. Or at least we give you a bunch of Uber gift cards, so you, you can't possibly spend. <laughs> it might be limited. Who knows? Well, it depends with, on how far you with go. With surge. surge for, yeah. yeah, it might only be good for about a block. Uh, no, no, you have free Uber for the weekend. And then you go over to the Rex Theater. Bastard Bearded Irishmen are playing. I believe it's their album release party, too. Incredible. Not sure about that. The legendary. Okay, maybe it's not. Legendary. Well, they have a new I'm album sure that's coming stuff, out. Yeah. The legendary St. Patty's Day party at the Rex Theater with uh, with the bastard bearded Irishman. And with- I think Gene the Werewolf on that bill as well. Oof. And if we're out of Uber cards by then, my dad will pick us up. It's that simple. <laughs> not only will you just be attending that bastard bearded Irishman show at the Rex Theater, you'll be the guest MC for the evening. Oh my gosh. So you jump on stage and go, hey, how's everybody doing? I'm totally hammered. Ladies and gentlemen, the bastard bearded Irishman. And then they start playing and you dance like a moron until your heart's content and Uber back to your hotel, but not before you stop at Permanis because we got you set with late night Permanis, all the Permanis you can eat. That's a party. Did we Come come up with a party plan for you? I don't know if I've ever done St. Patty's Day like that. If you make it from start to finish, you should be there should be a special award. I don't know what it is. We well, should give you something. What time is the the bastard bearded Irishman show? Like I think, seven? I think something? yeah, I think the okay. I think it all starts So running. if you have to, you could take a little nap and rally. You could. If you wanted to, because you're gonna have Because that's a long day. You don't want to peter out. That's true. You're going to have a hotel for the weekend, 
You don't want to have your gift cards. cards. Permanis. <laughs> go to dv.com slash contest. Here's what you have to do. You have to come up with a limerick. And uh, you submit limericks. All right? Got to be 21 or older to enter this contest. The deadline is noon on March 14th, so you have nine days to put this together. This is one hell of a, of a, a contest. So don't miss out on your chance to join us with Sean Casey, the mayor. The real mayor in the parade. He should be the mayor of that parade. He is. Who's more Irish than Sean Casey? Yeah, really? No one. I mean, Sean Casey. Yep, that's going to be a blast. Honestly, it, if whoever wins this makes it to the Bastard Bearded Irishman <laughs> show, I will be amazed. It's like uh, a drinking version of the Iron Man contest. I like it. What do you got going on, Val? We're going to talk about man engagement rings. Ah. And if you're in on that, or up for it, or into it. <laughs> or, <laughs> or around it. Or something like or that. Or exposed to it. All right. Give you DV. Evan Benson. It's 26 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. I'm Val Porter. By most accounts, last week a little chaotic at the White House, but Donald Trump attempted to laugh it all off Saturday night during the gridiron dinner. Hundreds of journalists attended the event that is similar to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, which Trump sat out. Uh, some thought he might not participate in this event in light of the resignation of Communications Director Hope Hicks last week and the admission that she told white lies to cover up for Trump. Yet Trump not only attended, he made light of his troubles, joking, quote, it's been a really calm week at the White House. He said, also, now the question everyone keeps asking is, who is going to be the next to leave, Steve Miller or Melania? Oh, so I mean, yucking it up a little, you know. You know how the, that's why he's the darling of the Christian sect <laughs> is because he jokes about how his wife's going to leave him for his many affairs with porn stars and playmates, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's exactly as Jesus is scripted. It. <laughs> A Glenn Shaw man is accused of looking at naked selfies of himself while driving. Well, you know. We've all been there, haven't we? I mean, that is... As narcissistic as you can get. Police say he was on Route 30 in Hempfield Township when he stopped at a light near the Greengate Center Circle. They say other drivers could see the man's cell phone with the nude photos and that it continued at several more traffic lights. He is charged with disorderly conduct. Jealous of that guy's confidence in himself. (laughs) That is kind of crazy. I mean... Look at me. Maybe he was just putting, like... Sepia tones on it. Yeah, he was trying to figure Editing out what it. filter right. made his genitalia less Hot. disgusting. <laughs> I've got to crop this. Sometimes you just have to do it. You know, he's a multitasker. Yeah. You know those uh, those Insta-ham. deep pics that that uh, Brett Favre sent to Jen, Jen Sturger. Sturger. Yeah, with his Crocs. Yeah. He was wearing Crocs. He should have cropped the Crocs out. Yeah, because it gave perspective. Yes. It was like putting a quarter next to his penis. And were they were they Green Bay? Were they Team Crocs? Because that's I think you know, they were, that's another issue. I think they were Orange Crocs. But he had his wedding ring and his watch on. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> again, like, perspective, you know. Come on. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You need like a honey, I shrunk the kids prop. Or like a <laughs> like a really small watch. Something. A kid's like watch. A, yeah, like a it's tiny, like tiny watch. Tiny, something like huge. that. Yeah, you need to get something from like one of those train sets. <laughs> yeah. Put like yeah. a hotel next to your penis. The smallest scale. Yes. Yeah, put it next to a bank. Right. <laughs> Speaking of that, have you ever sent 
a picture of your junk to a woman. Only, no. Only 12% of women say they have actually asked a guy to send a picture of his junk, but 46% have received at least one of those pictures. I have actually, like, I've talked to girls who they expect this now. Yes. Like girls in their 20s. Yeah, like, younger that's just girls. It's part of the dating scene now. And, uh, you know, they're not, like, always, like, ew. Like, sometimes like, yeah, no, yeah, you know, I want to see what you're working with. Like, it's just a matter of fact part of dating now. And that will never make sense to me at I all. I need your references. I'll need a D-pick. Yeah. Um, height, weight. The survey, of the D, not of yourself. I'll need the first month's rent. Survey also found that 44% of men think women will find it sexy to see a picture of their junk. Mm. Only 14%, though, say it's sexy. 58% of women say those pictures are gross. 38% say they're just plain sad. I think yeah, you just can't win. That's where the disconnect is. Guys think they want to see it, and almost universally, girls do not want to see it. Like, if a girl sent yeah. you a Santonio Holmes, or a guy sent you a Santonio Holmes, you'd be like, oh, my God, that is just too aggressive. <laughs> like, there's got to be a sweet spot. There's, you know, mostly... That's the one I send to girls. The I don't sweet know. spot? <laughs> no, Santonio Holmes. Oh, just say that that's just yours? Send his or, yeah. When they ask for a D pick, you just send that one. Yeah. Or the Jeff Reed stump. You know, just keep them guessing. <laughs> you never know. And they're never, you know, playgirl model. Mm. You know, they're not polished and <laughs> No, no airbrushing. They're right. not they're not glamour shots. Right. By Deb. Not which that would I be know. great if there was somebody who offered that service. You know, I could there see somebody is. going in. All you got to do is Google D pics, and you can really. Pro- I don't. Just go ahead. Need no. to do that. No. no, you can Google it. The one-time home, uh, Ohio home of former heavyweight boxing champ Mike Tyson, is becoming a house of worship. The Living Word Sanctuary Church has been cleaning up the decadent 25,000-square-foot mansion after taking control a couple years ago. Tyson bought that home for $300,000 during a 1989 sheriff's sale. Church officials told the Tribune Chronicle the home near Youngstown will open to worshipers later this year. Is that because he lived there or coincidentally? I I think it's coincidentally, yeah. yeah. Just the square footage is probably appealing to a new church. Yeah. While golf is not the most physically demanding sport in the world, it is challenging and frustrating. Well, now people are putting down their golf clubs and picking up soccer balls and using them to play foot golf. Instead of swinging a golf club and trying to get that tiny little ball in that tiny little hole way down there, foot golf players are kicking a ball toward a hole that's not nearly as small. So it's a lot less difficult than actually golfing and much less frustrating. I can probably, get into foot golf. Probably good, like, uh, you know, like a beer league type thing. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, so, like, I'm so bad at golf that it's, it's just it's not it's fun. Aggravating. It's not like, like I can't actually keep the ball on the, the, the yeah. field of play. Just every time I try to drive it, it just bananas into the woods and then, you know. Then I just revert myself to be the driver for the day. I'll only do par three. Par three course? Like pitch and putt type. Because then I don't, it's just frustrating enough to keep me coming back. It just devolved into me. I mean, for me, it was uh, like a four and a half hour beer drinking excursion with my friends. And most of the time I feel like it's too much of a commitment 
to in order to get good to me not frustrated it takes too much time and i just don't love it i always say that golf is like the church for me you know i'll probably go back to it one day you know (laughs) i don't need it right now but one day i will so what do you think of man engagement rings i don't care it's exactly what you think it is it's it's a little uh I know Pursuta was anti. I think I'm, I'm for it, and it's just because, you know, it's when whenever you propose to a girl, you put a, a, an engagement ring on her finger, but then you're still walking right. around in the wild. Free She's got clear. a sold ticket right. on, and you get to go around like people can buy it. Well, it was in the news recently. Yeah. When recently engaged, Ed Sheeran was spotted at the Brit, o- Brit Awards wearing an engagement ring made by his fiance Cherry Seaborn. When asked about it, he said, "That's my favorite Ben and Jerry's flavor." <laughs> he said, "I never saw why men didn't wear engagement rings. It's the same commitment either way." I mean, yeah. I think the name is probably it's, it's like mansplaining, man engagement, man purse, man multo. Yeah, wait, Mandles. what? What? I think it's just weird. Uh, the the name of it, but I think you know the sentiment is pretty on on point. No, for the very reason we just said. Yes, and know. I wish whenever you have a, a like a a new baby, you should have some signifier as a guy that you have kids because I realized this uh, many different times right after we had our baby. Like if I saw somebody that was pregnant or just had a baby, I'd be like looking very at them interested. in a very creepy way if they didn't know I had a. Like, if I didn't right. have my baby okay. on me, they were like, what is that dude smiling and making heavy eye contact <laughs> at me for? Why is he doing that? Yeah. Oh, I just had a baby, too. We're in the same thing. All right. Never mind. I'll I, leave. Here's the difference is that when you hear engagement ring, you think of women fawning over it. And with a guy, if he's wearing it, you automatically assume that that's part and parcel. That, like, if you wear one, that means all your friends have to be like, let, let me, me see. see oh, yeah. dude, that's beautiful. Wow. Dude, is that wood? I mean, she really did good. She did good. <laughs> what is that? Tungsten? Oh, my God. Oh. I've never heard of that. Yeah, nobody has. Well, around the same time, the awards are handed out for the best at the Oscars. They award the worst with the Razzies, the Emoji Movie. Hands down, the absolute worst. The animated mm-hmm. flick uh, won. I guess uh, worst picture, worst director, worst screen combo. Wow, that was swept. at the 38th annual Golden Raspberry Awards. Baywatch received the Special Rotten Tomatoes Award. The Razzie nominee, so bad you loved it. Uh, that became uh, they got that honor through an online poll. Worst actor, Tom Cruise in The Mummy, <laughs> which feels like that movie was years ago. Was he? He was in The Mummy. Not. It's a different. It's a new mummy. Yeah. Different mummy. Different uh, mummy. Tyler Perry and Boo 2, a Medea Halloween. Mel Gibson, worst supporting <laughs> actor for Daddy's Well, the Home Tyler 2. Perry movies, in contrast to like Black Panther and the empowered sort of mm-hmm. uh, aspect to all of that, it, it really does sort of pale by comparison. <laughs> worst supporting actress, Kim Basinger, Fifty Shades Darker, and worst remake, ripoff, or sequel, Fifty Shades Darker. Which that probably, I haven't seen it, but I probably should have swept. Fifty Shades Darker, I definitely thought was going to be a different movie than it was ended up being. You thought it was going to be a Tyler Perry movie? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be Tyler. You know Tyler Perry wanted to do Black Panther for years, and he wanted to play every character. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, a sad note, uh, anniversary note today. 
This is ABC News Nightline. Reporting from Washington, Ted Koppel. Good evening. For most of his television career, at least, John Belushi careened at a breakneck pace between the irreverent and the outrageous. It was not only his comedy that was unpredictable, there was always a strong sense that the act was a reflection of the man, and the man a bizarre reflection of a generation. Now John Belushi is dead. Not perhaps a superstar of international range, but an especially talented member of an especially talented group that raised television satire to new heights. He was 33 when he died this morning. March 5th, 1982, John Belushi dying of an accidental drug overdose. And also over the weekend, David Ogden, is it Steers or Styers? I thought it was Steers. Uh, best known for playing Major Winchester on MASH. He died at the age of 75. His agent, Mitchell Stubbs, broke the news on Twitter, writing, I'm very sad to report that David died this morning. That was Saturday. Uh, peacefully at his home in Newport, Oregon, after a courageous battle with bladder cancer. His talent was only surpassed by his heart. Sears was nominated for two Emmys for his role on the CBS sitcom. Uh, the actor was also famous for his voice work in Disney movies like Beauty and the Beast, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Lilo in Stitch. And back in 2009, he revealed that he was gay. Forecast today, windy but sunny, 40 degrees for the high today. It's 26 at DVE. I mean, I'll always remember him from Better Off Dead as the dad who had to wear the dumb Antarctic <laughs> coat. Oh He's like, God. everybody's going to be wearing that. this this year. And then later on, like he sees his neighbors wearing the same jacket. It's so funny. He used to skateboard to the set of MASH every day through hmm. traffic. He was an odd dude. That's a fun fact. Let's set, uh, or we got to pay a little bit of tribute to Belushi. TV.
DV morning show. Communication breakdown. Little uh, Blues Brothers before that. If you haven't seen the documentary about National Lampoon, um, it's on Netflix right now. Drunk Stone, Brilliant Dead, I think is the name of it. There's yeah. the, the great movie. I, I really dig the movie. Some people who don't have as much fondness for that era and for National Lampoon in particular weren't as crazy with uh, Feudal and Stupid Gesture as I was. I, I loved that that movie. That um, documentary is great just because it, it shows you the, the primer for Saturday Night Live, yeah, where it, all these guys came from. Yeah, I mean, they, they basically, National Lampoon, you know, handpicked Belushi and... Uh, Gilda Radner, Harold Ramis, Joe Flaherty. There's Chevy some great Chase. footage of him wearing his Pittsburgh. His, uh, he's got a Mel Blunt jersey on, doing all these like sketches with John Belushi and stuff. Uh, but that's on Netflix if you want to check it out. But that's that's really how you know the reason Belushi got to SNL was through National Lampoon and doing Lemmings, and then Lauren Michael poached everyone from National Lampoon. Uh, smart. Right. Yep. No. <laughs> smart. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. By the way, when Christopher Walken walked out last night on stage. Oh, my God. He looked 100. I fell asleep, I think, by that point. Wouldn't it have been great if he walked out there and he just went, Robert Wagner killed Natalie Wood. <laughs> Good night. See you guys later. Because he knows. He, he was on the was boat. there. He's the only other guy on the boat. No will hold his feet to the fire at all. Uh, anyways. Poor Christopher Go Plummer got hammered. Oh, Every yeah. old joke. I mean, he took he went at him like three times. I know. And his wife was like, ah, so funny. He's like, how did uh, Lynn, what, what is his name? Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Mar Miranda. How did he compare to the original Alexander Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> you were alive. And then there was a joke about the first Oscars and yeah, he was, he was like best newcomer right. or something. I don't know. <laughs> Douglas Fairbanks made a joke about him. I thought Kimmel was great. The broadcast is entirely too long. They need to... I, I guess you gotta do all the musical numbers, but like, let's just Put launch into them. Online. Put them on the Oscars website. Or take out other stuff. I love the montages, but I think they have too many montages. Yeah. And no more stunts. Don't take people across right. the hall. To I mean, that could, that could cut the time right there. I could do without the red carpet garbage too. I could do without the whole thing, but you know. Well, yeah, me too. You know, I really don't. But care. I, but you love movies. I love movies. Yes. Yeah. Movies. I'm glad Shape of Water won. It was a spectacular production. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. <laughs> they should have showed. He should have had like an extended cut for Shape of Water, and he's like, everyone's wanted to see this. Here it is, and then they show the Shape of Water uh, fish man's penis, and it's actually the Oscar statue popping out. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, Mike's got your sports when we return. Combine news, also the Pens. They almost slipped and tripped on themselves into a, an L on Saturday, but uh, lo and behold, they were able to outlast the Islanders. Full report next on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports this hour brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins are hosting the Calgary Flames tonight, 7 o'clock, at the PPG Paints Arena and on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 The X. Pittsburgh has been in cruise control at home, 12-1 in its last 13 games on home ice, including Saturday's 3-2 overtime win over 
the New York Islanders. But the Pens also take the ice tonight, winless in their last five against the Flames at 0-2-3. Calgary's last three wins in the series have come either in overtime or via a shootout. Penguins got it done in overtime against the Isles on Saturday. They overcame goaltender Tristan Jari falling down just after a minute had been played, and uh, he couldn't get up in time to prevent one of the most ridiculous goals <laughs> that you'll ever see scored. Yeah. He should have had a life alert on. Phenomenal uh, occurrence, uh, but the Penguins shook it off and uh, were able to bounce back and get a game-tying goal from Derek Broussard in the third period and then an overtime winner from Sidney Crosby to secure the two points. The game uh, included Chad Ruedel getting a play for a change. Mike Sullivan shaking up the D a little bit. Connor Sherry on the fourth line. No, uh, Matt Hunwick on defense. He had become the whipping boy since the Ian Cole trade, and he had been struggling mightily. Chad Ruedel got in for the first time since December the 27th. He had missed 12 games in a row with injury, and then 15 more just because. Here's uh, Mike Sullivan talking about the changes on the blue line. We just thought we, we needed to mix up uh, the pairs a little bit, and so... You know, Chad is a, is a guy that we know we're gonna we're gonna need here moving forward. Um, you know, I've been concerned for a while that I haven't got him into any games. I thought it was an you know, it was an opportune time at this point, um, just based on how how our team was playing recently. And so, I thought he I thought he had a real solid game. You know, Chad's a good player. He's been a valuable player for us. He plays that he plays that six seven defenseman role for us extremely well when he comes in the lineup. He does a good job for us. Yeah, I think he understands what his role is. He plays within himself. Um, I thought he did a real good job tonight. I'm not all that excited about Ruedel. I don't think he's terrible, but really the reason I played that soundbite was to hear Mike Sullivan say moving forward. Yeah, that's all. We hadn't heard that yet today. So, but uh, Well, Carter Ronnie was minus five in the Boston game, right? He was on the ice for five goals. I think three of them were power play goals. Oh, okay. Which you don't get minus. Four. All right. But... It, They'd been giving up a ton of goals and playing poorly, and they played much better despite uh, the, the softy to start, which uh, Penguins coming off that eight-goal shellacking in Boston. <laughs> really didn't need to start a game that way, but uh, they kept it together. Uh, that's a sign that they're confident. They know who they are and what they need to do. Uh, Caps lead the Metropolitan Division with 81 points. Philly has 79. Pittsburgh has 78. And the Devils have 74. The devil. But we were talking about the Combine a little bit last hour. Yeah. And uh, some of the snippets that I've seen over the last three days. Here's, to me, a great example of how the NFL overthinks and overdoes this scouting evaluation stuff. Uh, The defensive linemen and the linebackers were on the field yesterday in Indy. And Kim Jones of the NFL Network uh, relayed a conversation she had with University of Washington defensive tackle Vita Villa. He's a real good player, one of the more sought-after prospects, or so it seems. Uh, listen to this report from Kim Jones about the 15-minute player interview teams will do at the Combine. Quote, he said he was told these four words, father, baseball, shoe, and yellow. He was asked to repeat them. 15 minutes later, when the interview ended, he was asked to repeat them again, and he got it right. And yes, as part of the psychological testing, the written test, he was asked, 
Cat or dog? He said he circled dog. Do we really give an F whether a guy <laughs> likes cats or dogs and whether or not he can repeat four obscure, unrelated words in succession 15 minutes later? You missed 15 tackles. Can you at least tell me, shoe? It is my understanding dog. that the... Uh... I get that there's a lot of money at Brain stake. Brain people they, come they, up with these things. They need to get the right guy. This is ridiculous. You, they, they are an indicator of if you personality traits. If you can't tell whether a guy's got anything on the ball or not after talking to him for 15 minutes in a closed environment, then you got the wrong guys asking the questions. I agree with you. I mean, look, nobody wants a Pac-Man Jones or a Jonathan Martin. That's really Either what you're trying to do, right? They don't want dog, shoe, cat, Ferris wheel. Come on. They don't want crazy people. They don't want emotionally uh, unstable. Yeah, incapable. Yeah. This is waste. This part of it's a waste of time to me. I agree with you. And they, they still make a lot of mistakes. So maybe stop asking dog, shoe, cat, Ferris wheel. Just a thought. <laughs> maybe they ask that to see if they'll remember plays. They definitely don't remember yeah. that. I mean, you don't have to remember to play 15 minutes later. You have to remember it for 15 seconds after the quarterback calls it and you walk up to the line. Yeah, but you have what to if they come with the season? same formation? That muscle memory. I think the game tape from their college playing days is the guiding light. I, and then this be. is just sort of like icing on the cake, getting a you know up close and personal look at the guy. This has been my theory for a lot of years. Ever since they moved the draft back, they spend August through December evaluating who can play. And then they take the list of all the guys they like and they start tearing it apart from January up until the draft in April. And they find reasons not to draft guys. Because somebody, somebody's in a, a track and field onesie running the 40. How fast is he running pads with a helmet on? That's, that's more important speed. Dog, cat, Ferris wheel, father. Draft's coming up in April. Hope all the Steeler picks get that right. Uh, Robert Morris beat Bentley in college. What if that's all he can say? And they're like asking him about like you know after his first Steeler game like two touchdowns today uh, thrown against you what happened Uncle Fred dog cat Ferris wheel <laughs> yellow shoe Robert Morris beat Bentley in college hockey last night three to two it was game three the decisive third game of a best of three opening round series in Atlantic hockey uh, the Colonials advanced to play Holy Cross this weekend in part because they were willing to do whatever it was necessary here said Coach Derek Schooley. We had some big blocks. Gosh, did we block shots. We ate so many pucks this weekend. It's almost like I didn't give our guys any meal money or anything or or feed them because they were just eating pucks all over the place. 18 blocks in game one, 14 in game two, 18 in game three. Here's one of the things I love about college hockey. Uh, It was winner advance yesterday, loser is done for the season. Game three of a best of three. And both teams were so engaged. The, the players on the benches are standing throughout. And you're in that small yeah. rink out on Never Island. Out on Neville Island. I can, like Never Island, though. That works. You can hear everything that they're yelling, the encouragement. Every time somebody blocked a shot or finished a check, everybody's banging their stick on the boards. It, it was just energy throughout that whole thing last night. It was a lot of fun. And uh, as Bill Belichick might say, they are on to Holy Cross. Do they have a combine in hockey? No. I mean, they have like a prospect camp. It's not the same as. They don't have to memorize Ferris wheel, dog. I don't know. They might. Father, yellow, shoe. Poutine, maple syrup, Dudley Do-Right, and (laughs) the Peace Bridge. I don't know. (laughs) 
crazy line of questioning, isn't it? It is. <laughs> they can just interview people. What happened on that play? You dropped a sure touchdown pass. I, I was thinking yellow, chew, fair. I was. I couldn't remember. I mean, if you want to make it more interesting, I would watch every single second of those interviews. Forget the 40 time. I don't care how high he can jump. I want to see those kinds of questions being asked to these players. Yeah, but I want, like, Gruden to give it to him. What do you think, man? Yellow shoe or what? Dog or cat, baby. Come on. What do you got? That stuff is, like, you know, probably a little bit unnecessary. Probably. Superfluous, if you will. You think? But when you're spending millions of dollars, you want every bit of information you can. You know, your franchise depends on it. You can also succumb to paralysis by analysis. Don't overthink it. I think... Trust uh, your gut. Trust your eyes. Look at the tape. Measure the guy's height and weight. See how high he can jump. Make an effing decision. Is there anything Saquon Barkley could have answered on those tests that would have made his draft stock? Gee, you had 45... 100 yards from scrimmage last year. Yeah. You run kickoffs back for a touchdown. You're a great running back. You catch the ball. You block. But you said cat instead of dog, so we're not going to take it. iHeartRadio On Demand. Take it with you wherever you go. Download the iHeart app to your smartphone or tablet today. Go to iHeartRadio.com. The iHeartRadio app, DVE, follows you wherever you go. It's the DVE Morning Show. Guess what age of your life is the most expensive? The, the age that you get divorced. <laughs> 20s. Uh, 50s. 40s. Because you have kids in college, probably. 40s or 50s, maybe. 31. That's right. 31. Hmm. New survey has determined that is the age that is the most expensive of an average person's life. Here's why. The survey found that the age when most people will either have a wedding or a honeymoon, 31, buy a house, have a baby, 31. Two of those are all three, and you are screwed. Yeah. Average Still person, paying off your college loan debt? Drop yeah, 31. Probably. Right. Average person drops almost $60,000 when they're 31, which is much higher than any other age. Uh, and uh, the survey also found that 33% of them will get help from their parents covering all those costs. Parents are never out of the hole, man. 30 years old, right. still getting hit up by nope. their kids. Even when your kids are adults, you got to take care of them. I used to have a joke about how when I first came out of college, I was like deeply in debt boy. And my dad was my sidekick. He was the unfortunate co-signing Avenger where he was just (laughs) on the hook for half of my loans. Sorry about that, dad. Best supporting actress last night. Uh, By the way, best documentary feature uh, film you always talk about, Icarus. Yep. Highly recommend it. It's just, I mean, the content in the, the documentary is insane. I tried to watch it. I got too close to the sun. I couldn't see it. Get yeah. Out was the uh, best original screenplay last night. So that was a great win for Jordan Peele. So half of Key and Peele. Half of one of the greatest uh, sports comedy sketches of all time. Did you get over Oldman yet? Nope. Now, you thought Daniel Day-Lewis was great as Lincoln, right? Um, yeah, I thought he was very good. He was in makeup. Yeah, he had a, he had a, a wig on. Yeah, I know. But and I would argue it is tougher to do Churchill because there's a lot of video at Churchill and people actually know what Churchill was like. Which makes it way easier. I think it makes it way tougher. I think it, I think it jacks up the bar. Oh, it doesn't. Gives you a guide. You got to get it right. 
Big deal. Yeah, Rich, Rich Little could have done that, that. Lincoln, you know, who really knows what Lincoln was like? Remember you had that uh, that that sketch where he sounded like Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Well, because supposedly <laughs> his voice was actually like this. <laughs> Which really... <laughs> Four score, seven years ago. Hey, guys. <laughs> I Dan Richmond already. I wish Jordan Peele would have thanked Le, Le Carpetron Duke Marriott. That's what he should have done. There's a, there's a really good picture of... Key Michael Keegan Key is that his name? Not, I think it's it's Michael not Key Keegan. Michael Keegan Key. It's just Michael. It's a, there's a lot of keys in there. There's so many. Uh, Michael Keegan Key jumping for joy watching his friend win. That's that's pretty cool. Um, so he won for best screenplay, well deserved. Call Me by Your Name, best adapted screenplay. I did not see that movie. Um, that was the oldest Oscar winner ever. Is that Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer? Mm-hmm. Yes. What is that a real name? I mean, it, that can't be his real name. Army Hammer? Yeah, well, Sounds Armin, completely made up. He's from the Hammer family, I'm guessing. <laughs> Armand Hammer, MC Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Now, Armand Hammer was a real guy, and then the company was named after Arm and Armand Hammer, right? I don't think so. Is the guy's name Armand? Yeah. The logo's an arm and a hammer. Not, yeah, not because the guy. guy's name was Armand Hammer. So they named the company Arm and Hammer after Arm and Hammer. I thought you just hammer out that stank or whatever it is baking soda does. I don't know. I didn't see Call Me By Your Name. Uh, also, it's, a lot of, it's, it's all about hammering out that stank. That stank. Yeah. That's what I heard. In a peach. Mm-hmm. Doesn't a peach get hammered out at some point in that I movie? I don't know. I don't know. Um, best Supporting Actress, Allison Janney, I, Tonya. Layup. Phenomenal. She was great. She was very good. And it was her first time at the Oscars. Not like Even first time being nominated. Yeah, this is the first time she ever showed up. And she was great when she got the award. I did it all by myself. <laughs> she should have walked off right there and won the jet ski. It's a pretty stacked lineup, too. Best Supporting Actor, Sam Rockwell. I love He's... Sam Rockwell. Me too. I, I didn't think he should have won for that. But I you didn't d- like that movie. Who did you think should have won Supporting? Um, Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe was awesome. Woody Harrelson? I thought Woody was better in the same movie. I really did. Because we've seen Sam Rockwell do that role before. He did the exact same Billy kind of character in Green Mile. and he's I love Sam Rockwell. So I'm glad he won an Oscar. I just didn't think he should have won for that. Wasn't Richard Jenkins up for it also? Yeah. Yes. I, I thought he was tremendous. Yeah, he's always good. Um, Francis McDormand won for three billboards. Vanessa Zone. I wish Sally yeah. Hawkins would have won. Because she couldn't speak and and, you know... It was a different kind of acting performance, but I understand why Francis McDormand won, and I like her a lot. I can't believe, in retrospect, that got Best Picture. Shape of Water? Yeah. You think I mean, Dark Stower should have got it? I just I just thought it was entertaining, but I didn't think yeah. it was... I mean, it was it's a freak show. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, there's... It's an allegory. It's, yeah. you know, it's not just about the fish man. We are all a fish man at some point. No, we're really not. Yeah, we are. No. We're all treated crappy. Not all of us. Some people. The Oppressed. That was a movie about the oppressed fish god. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I didn't dislike it. Guillermo del Toro was great, uh, excepting for best director and for best no, picture. He, did he win best director? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. It kind of struck me as Beauty and the Beast with scales. See, Barbara Streisand looks like Beauty and the Beast to me. She looks like... With scales. Right. 
She looks like what's his name from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Vincent. The Beast. Vincent. Yeah, she looks like her. Whatever surgery she had makes her look like Vincent. Coco was the best feature film, animated feature film. Rather, I didn't see that. It was a Disney movie. It would have been weird if you'd have seen it. And best documentary, Heaven is a Traffic Traffic Jam on the 405. Oh, good, another movie about L.A. traffic one. Phantom Thread looks terrible, and I love P.T. Anderson. There's no way I want to go see that movie. No. But this is maybe your last chance to see Daniel Day-Lewis in a a film. Yeah, it's okay. He's put out some great ones. Just go back and watch You guys really believe Daniel Day-Lewis is done acting? Well, he said he was. Yeah, I know, but... Michael Jordan said he was My life won't basketball. change anyone. Hasn't he already said, <laughs> I'm finished? <laughs> he's just a different cat. I don't think he needs Hollywood. I think he's he takes what he does so seriously, puts so much into it, that he's like, I put so much on film right now, I'm done. I'm out. I hope he said it just like that. He's going to be a cobbler, too, which is like such a hilarious thing. Mm-hmm. Very hipster. Him. Yeah, he is like uh, Daniel D. Lewis is the original shoes. hipster. You're not a hipster if you're actually that, though. I mean, if you're authentically a guy who wants to go become a cobbler, not a guy who wants to do it. I like cobbler. He's going to try to bring the Mohicans back. Because he, wasn't he one of the last ones? He was the last one. Yeah. Very good. That was that. a great flick. Yeah, very good in that. Time. Awesome. Whatever happened to What's-Her-Name from that movie? Mary Elizabeth. No. No. Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe. She married Brian Ben-Ben. I know that. From Dream On on HBO. Ben Ben. Remember the movie or the show Dream On on HBO? That's a pretty good show. Okay. That's useless Hollywood talk for this hour. We're done. Don't forget. I wish MJ would have won. Mary J. She was great. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't see that performance. Her song was phenomenal. Madeline Stowe is still working. What is she doing now? She's in pre-production for a TV movie called Mixtapes. She was in 12 Monkeys, the TV series. She was in what? the TV series Revenge. That's all within the last three years. Is she still married to Brian Benben? What happened to Brian Benben? He's not dead dead, is he? I hope not not. <laughs> all right, we're getting out of here. Thanks to Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette for joining us. He was great, great. Yeah, Big cat live, from Barstool Sports. In Texas Do they really? Yep. Oh, that makes me happy. Super happy about that. Brian Benben and Madeline still are doing well. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Billy Gardell rejoins us. Don't forget to go to dve.com slash contest to register for our Get Your Shamrocks Off contest for St. Patty's Day. It's the ultimate St. Patrick's Day prize pack. Two nights hotel downtown. Uh, you get to ride in the parade with Sean Casey, the mayor, Major League Baseball great Sean Casey, and uh, assorted members of the DV Morning Show, Val, <laughs> Mike, jump on board. I'm going to be there. And uh, I'm going to be there. And then you go see corned beef and curry VIP booth at the Hard Rock after the parade. Have a couple more libations, a little lunch. Permanis all day. Unlimited Uber for the weekend. You get to be the guest MC for the Bastard Bearded Irishman show at the Rex Theater that night. Wow. I mean, it's we got all bases covered here. you got to be 21. Deadline is noon on March 14th, so go to dv.com slash contests and submit a limerick. There once was a man from Carnegie. Yeah. I can't finish that limerick, but no, somebody can. We've come to the conclusion that it's hard to rhyme almost any town <laughs> around Pittsburgh. Blonox. Go ahead. Verona is a pretty good one. North for sales. I mean, that's that's really hard. 
Carnegie, also very tough. I guess Peggy. Eggy. Man, I'm glad we're not in this contest. Peggy. Yeah, we're terrible. Yeah, that was good. There's a guy, once a man from Carnegie, who loved his dear sweet wife, Peggy. All right, Val's helping you. Hey. All, go to uh, dve.com. she give you a head start. Get your shamrocks off. Michelle's up next. Electric lunch at noon. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.